0: If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense.
1: Welcome to episode number 29 of Grumpy Old Benz. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chicago, Illinois, where it's October and it's getting cold. I don't get it.
2: And from America's left coast, which spawned the first presidential candidate in history to campaign on destroying the economy. I'm Ryan Bemrose.
1: You actually look stuff up for the intro. I love that. You always want to have something unique and fun. And with us today is more than almost an honorary Ben now. This is what, the fourth time you've been on with us, Larry? I think so. It's great. I love it. Well, Larry I'll- Blydner of That Larry Show, somebody who, if you listen to That Larry Show, and if you're not, you should be, thatlarryshow.com, you'll know has strong opinions about a lot of things, and climate change, we've learned, <laughs> is one of them, so that's why we brought you along for this one. Thanks for being here. Thank you.
0: It's good to be here. Good to be here. We've got you a number, though. There's two guys in the left coast, and you're in the middle there, Darren. How do you feel about that? Yeah. You know, I'm just
1: just waiting for the warming. I don't get Darren it. Is, Darren, Darren is the- an
2: honorary left coaster. He just doesn't have our heat.
1: That's it. But see, you don't have the left coast mentality, because then nope. you should be biting into the climate change apple and spewing out what Greta Thunberg is. Ah. But for some reason, <laughs> you're not. You're not. And... um. You know, this is kind of the reason this this episode is here because I did an episode of Grumpy Old Ben's and talked about climate change and Al Gore and heavy metal music, and they're all connected in a very weird kind of a way. I thought, you, you and it's right. What did I, I say? I have to say that was that was an outstanding
0: episode, and you really connected some dots in a very unique way. And I was, I just loved it. I just, you know, I feel like we should replay it here. It was so good, it really was. <laughs> Because I love I love when when some when some clown gets unmasked even once again for incredible
1: insufferable hypocrisy, which he's guilty of, you know, so yeah, which Al Gore seems to be at the top of that list.
2: He is environmental issues have a long history of spawning people, especially in politics, who will. Whether or not they actually believe that the environmental issue is happening or is as bad as they say, you know, they'll certainly claim to believe it. And then they will spend their career and all of their political capital trying to get us worked up and freaked out and afraid for our lives. Because as I've said on Grumpy Old Ben's before, you know, the the greatest motivators that humans have are fear and shame. And and then, you know, greed comes later. But uh, if if you want to motivate a large population of people, uh, th- one of the best ways to do it is to give them something to fear and then stoke that fear to the point of a nice frothy mix that you can convince them to completely set logic aside and do whatever they want. And that's kind of the theme of our episode today.
1: Right, because I mean, I guess we're, I I don't want to bury the lead here, but I think out of the three of us, all, I mean, none of us believe that man-made global warming is happening to the extent that is being pushed or necessarily even happening at all. Because when you look at the actual science, and of course, again, this is, we need to talk about the way it's being pushed, the manner it's being pushed. Just Um, just to be
2: clear, uh, especially before, you know, 97% of our audience tunes out. Oh, God, I can't believe you guys are deniers. Uh, Science doesn't need your belief. That's not what science is. That's what religion, religion needs your belief. So if you're dealing with some kind of God giver, that's the people who need you to believe in things. But we can follow that.
1: Yeah, it is because the way it's the way it's being pushed. The you know we, you got to talk about the science, and the one thing I would say right up front is that if you're talking to any real scientist about anything in the scientific world, I don't think any of them would use the term "it's settled" about anything because a real scientist understands
2: no, that also is not how science
1: works right because they all a a real scientist understands more data might come forth you might find out something else you there is no way to know everything so science is constantly in flux which is a good thing but any scientist that will tell you well this science is settled is that's not not probably lying to you that's not
2: science that's propaganda
1: well, exactly. You're, you're you're so right. It's it's
0: what happens when politics uh, is overlaid on top of science, and that's what you get. You get words like "denier." You get words like "it's settled." You get words like, uh, and this is the best of all: "save the planet." The fucking uh, conceit. I, the conceit of that phrase is mind numbing. Save the planet. <laughs>
2: it's it, it's easy. You just hit Control S.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, Save I, I, I the planet.
2: I, I want to call out uh, the the interesting thing that I realized about the term "denier," which actually makes it almost funny when I hear it now, is uh, that is the term that was created for the small number of people for whom climate fear isn't working. You 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 realize the term "denier" is carefully crafted oh, to gosh. shame people because fear isn't working, and we have to get them somehow.
0: Well, I think it goes deeper. Well, than that is a big I mean, part of it. You know, I'm a word freak, and 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 um. And, and it's, it's interesting how, you know, so many words are always married to shade or give color to a, to a political issue. Like, like we, we spoken about before, how you'll hear, you know, conspiracy is usually paired with theory or nut, right? And, and denier for, you know, better than half a century has always been married to Holocaust. And of course, if you are a Holocaust denier, you're you're an imbecile or just a ball faced liar.
2: Of course, it happened.
0: All the so, evidence so, is there. there so the public
2: enough. narrative goes, yes. So the public,
0: so so it happened. Okay. Uh, so let So so that was very deliberate in choosing that term for climate change denier. So not only not only does it say you're denying their their orthodoxy, their canon, you also are suddenly grouped in with a bunch of insane, bigoted assholes. Who 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 deny a you know a, a absolutely factual horrible chunk of history right? So that's what they're doing, and that's by design.
2: I mean, right? we're, so not, your- we're not here to talk about the Holocaust. I'm just going to point out no. I wasn't there, so I I can't say for certain. I have lots of evidence to believe, but that's what science is. Science can never be certain.
1: What well, history can? Well, and that was history. right. I mean you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's enough evidence that that happened. That isn't a, you know, that's not something that uh, um, can, there's, there's enough
2: proof I, no, places I, I exist just in, in my defense. Cause I, I completely caused both of you to jump a track there. Um, I don't have any reason to doubt that the Holocaust existed. I I'm not arguing that it didn't. I'm only, I am, I am. My skepticism kicks in whenever I hear anybody, for any reason, use the words "we are completely certain," because uh, at least in the scientific sense, that is that is a very, very strong statement that gets thrown out casually far too often.
1: I am completely certain, Sir Ryan Bemrose, was born on the planet Earth. Well, I'm well,
2: not. There's, like I said, there's a lot of evidence, <laughs> a lot of evidence to support that.
1: But it's, I mean, it's the etymology of the terms and how they're using them. And, okay you know, people think that, but you're right, Larry, when you talk about the denier and you're, you talk about things like the conspiracy theorists and all this, and a lot of people think, well, that's what this is. These deniers, they're crazy. They certainly can't be members of the scientific community because the scientific community, 97% of them, they're all in on this. Sure. And I went back and found, this is a quote from a guy named Dr. Otmar Endenhofer. He is was, right? <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, the co-chair of working group three for the United Nations intergovernmental panel on climate change. That's a mouthful. The United mm. Nations intergovernmental panel on climate change. This is back in 2010, an interview with this guy. And he says, we referring to the UN's intergovernmental p- Uh, panel on climate change Mm. we redistribute de facto the world's wealth by climate policy one has to free oneself from the illusion that international climate policy is environmental policy this has almost nothing to do with environmental policy anymore so here's one of the scientists that was working with the group who back in 2010 so about a decade ago now Threw his hands up and went, This has nothing to do with climate policy anymore. This is all about redistributing wealth. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) prove to me that that's not true when you go and you actually try to find data on this. And so many worlds collide here because you see what's going on with the internet and how certain voices are being muted, certain things, certain ideas are being muted. Even Joe Rogan, a guy who's probably the most listened to, watched person on the internet or one of them. He's in that top rarefied air, you know, the top 1% as far as people that are watching him on YouTube, listening to his podcast, and even he had a video on YouTube that was demonetized and he came out and said, I think something we've talked about with you Larry on previous shows which is mm-hmm. the People in charge of these things, the YouTubes, the Googles, which are the same, obviously, the Facebooks, right? they all want to kind of push the narrative in one way. And if you are saying something against that narrative, you will be silenced. And the interesting thing again comes now if, when you are talking about climate change. Well, where does 99.9% of the world go when they actually want to research something at this point. Do they go to a library? Do they go and talk to a scientist? Where do they go?
2: The internet. I talk oh, yeah. to my cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you get better feedback from that than you would from
0: Google.
2: Well, it's more reliable than Google. Exactly. I'll say. <laughs> better search results too, because yeah. he always just brings me a squeaky toy. There you go. That I don't
1: doubt. And you know, again, this, this Dr. Endenhofer back in 2010, saw where this was going and you don't see of course on the mainstream you don't see this covered anywhere it's probably hate speech by now on youtube or facebook to say that this is about taking somebody's money and giving it to somebody else this is no longer about the climate but it's one hell of a story to tell to get people behind because who, who doesn't want the planet to be saved who doesn't want utopia i mean you have to be a hater larry if you say no 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 i'm not for the climate i want to screw this planet right well yeah well that's part of what they're doing as well is it's 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 uh you know it's it's the,
0: maybe the ultimate uh example of identity politics at work um i mean who the fuck doesn't want clean air and clean water. I mean you're telling me that the presidents of Shell and Exxon they they would like their kids to swim in a in a sewer like ocean and 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 uh, and filthy gunk to come out of the taps in their mansions? Of course not. This I is hear bullshit. you that's good for the skin. It's good for the skin, but this is this is what they're doing. So you know, it's 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 that broad brush that everyone's painted with. Oh, you don't agree with me? Well, you must be part of the f- evil enemy that wants to kill us all. That's that's what they're doing, and it's very clever. They're really, if you think about it, they're really fucking good at it. You know, they really yeah. are. Um, it's to well, it's a, a good narrative extent. because
2: yeah, Pro- yeah. propaganda has come quite a long way since Goebbels.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. The. It's the, that is where this kind of, this kind of marketing, if you will, started, but who are all of these people making the evil enemy in this climate change stuff, the big corporations, capitalism, they're just looking to make a buck. Isn't that amazing how this all kind of coincides there? It just turns out that the evil people in the climate change are the ones that are driving economies around the world. And I just find the, it interesting.
2: I thought the evil yeah. people in the climate change were the selfish consumers who casually and and forcefully use up plastic bags and plastic straws and then throw them in the oceans. I thought that was the narrative. Is mm. that Did the right. narrative change again?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, I think it is. I think it has the, we, <laughs> we talked about this on one of the past shows, the plastic versus paper, and we are old enough to remember a time when you'd go into the grocery store and you'd get your groceries in a paper bag. And then, because using paper was bad for the planet, we went to plastic, because plastic was the savior. You weren't cutting down as many trees. So plastic was much better than paper bags. And now we're back to paper.
2: I never understood that. Uh, the paper, the 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 raw materials used for making paper literally grows on trees. Um how is this something that that we're going to run out of? I don't know. Maybe it came from, you know, back when we were using paper, we were using the paper to light our wood stove, which we then used to burn other pieces of trees to get heat. Why? Because at least where I live, trees literally grow like weeds. They are everywhere. Not only that, but uh, I mean, it, it's not instant. But if you want more trees, you plant some and 25, 30 years later, hey, look, more trees try doing that with petroleum
1: well when you go back to this the start of what I remember anyway again this is within my lifetime just about to hit 50 but at the beginning of this I remember the push was we need to plant more trees that was yes. going to save the world yes. was we need to plant more trees that's right and that that I believe is legitimate that we need more trees because but again that depends
2: that- on where you live.
1: Well, yeah, you have- Around
2: plenty. here, if you're not regularly mowing down the saplings, they're going to grow. Sure. But we're Darren, talking- you're
0: just a nat- world average. But Darren, you in Chicago, so you're behind the beat uh, compared to uh, we Los Angelians because I guess you do have plastic bags, but what they, they've outlawed the plastic in Los Angeles. And I think in San Francisco as well. I think there's a, a push to do it throughout the state. So here's how fucked up they are. Um, forever. My, my little nod to recycling was I, I'd get all my, my, my groceries at the supermarket in plastic, in uh, paper bags rather, uh, take them home and then they'd go in the kitchen trash bin, right? And that thing would fill up and voila, there's, there's your, your, uh, your very, very, very biodegradable paper sack going into the garbage, into the landfills. Okay. So what do they do? They outlaw, um, plastic bags okay and uh, and paper bags as well they can't give out paper bags anymore so now everybody has to buy buy other plastic bags to put their garbage in, which are not biodegradable. So you fucking figure that out for me, okay? Talk about pretzel logic. But everybody has to also take their own sort of like a canvas, or it's kind of some 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 hybrid material. I don't know what it's made of. They'll sell you for a buck, reusable. But they're finding out that's not so great either because they get really filthy after only a few trips, and there's all kinds of spores and bacteria and shit going in them. It's not really the healthy healthiest way to tote around your your groceries, especially your produce but this is this is how they work don't ever don't ever look for logic because they don't have any none
2: I, i'm convinced that it's it's a the result of a successful lobbying on the garbage bag industry could be but, Could be. yeah my my city gave in to the virtue signaling lifestyle and what you just described mm-hmm. uh was instituted four days ago which means that we've probably got another three or four shopping trips before everybody starts to realize how fucking stupid this is yeah Right now, everybody's just really excited, and the the uh, supermarkets, of course, are making a brisk business in selling canvas bags because you know everybody's going to have 25 of them at their house until they start remembering to take them back to the store. Right.
1: Well, and really, I think more importantly, it was Larry's point, which was the first thing I thought of with these reusable bags is the you're going to have little bits of your produce and stuff fall off because, I mean, if you're just buying freeze you know frozen food in plastic wrapped containers you probably don't have a problem but if you're buying things like produce and you throw that in one of these bags that is infected with whatever kind of stuff is growing in their mold or viruses or bacteria whatever right. you have in these things right. then anything that goes into there is gonna be that's gonna leach onto it and that's gonna be very bad for your health but of course the answer to that would then be well, you know, like every time or two that you use these bags, then wash throw them. them into your washing machine and disinfect them. Oh wait, that's going to use energy, isn't it? That's going to use a lot of energy. So it this th- it doesn't make sense. But I got the people that wanted to plant more trees in the areas where deforestation had happened. I get it right. where our planet, you know, the concept of If you're cutting down a bunch of trees in a place like the Amazon rainforest and you're not replacing them, you are indeed changing the planet. There's no doubt about it. Are you changing it in the better way or in a worse way? I'm not really sure because I haven't done that. I'm not a scientist. I haven't done the homework to know exactly what's going to happen if there are a few less trees in that area of the world as opposed to more trees. But I, I got it at least that you're saying we're taking something away. We should try to replenish it. That I get behind, but none of this stuff now, when it comes to climate change, they have finally gotten to the minutia of carbon dioxide. And to me, somebody that tries to think logically, I will never understand how people can believe that carbon dioxide is the evil thing that it's being pointed at when that's what people exhale it is one of the most natural things occurring on the planet i'm sorry we didn't build ourselves. you know this isn't like we built a bunch of robots and they put out co2 this is just a part of the natural ecosystem and carbon dioxide really doesn't make up all that big a part of the environment anyway it actually is one of the smallest parts of the environment which again i don't think a lot of people realize exactly how much uh, co2 there is in the air i looked it up i I can't find it right in front of me i believe
2: 0.02 percent or something it's
1: it's uh it's uh yeah like three or four hundredths of one percent was i
2: think I mean, I, it's it's like number seven on the list of things that comprise our atmosphere, and ninety nine point five percent of that is nitrogen and oxygen, and then there's you know the most of the rest is water vapor, and carbon dioxide is a pretty tiny thing.
0: Sure, but uh, Darren, if you really drill down, I mean, you got to face it. This is it's not just a religion; it's an orthodoxy. Okay. And yes. there's a difference there. And if you and if you really if you really drill or drill down or drill up to the to the true high priests of this orthodoxy, your, your Gaia people, okay, those guys and 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 women, uh, yeah, CO two is a toxin because we are toxic producing uh uh parasites a blight on this earth and they'd be a fuck ton happier if we all went away and just let Gaia keep spinning through space
2: without us that's a fact y- that's y- a you fact that's when, really when they were a little more bald-faced about it and they just said the problem is overpopulation there's almost six oh, billion sure. people on this planet and that's too many and we have to kill all of them sure sure yeah that didn't go over so well which is why they started coming out of sideways
1: no no well didn't. except for bernie sanders he, he admitted recently that yeah we need to we need to start killing people for the planet you
2: know i wanted i, mean- I wanted to lay down an interesting science uh science fact it, it has to do with one of one of earth's many 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 feedback mechanisms you need to have these kind of feedback mechanisms that always normalize things if you're going to have a planet going for four billion years you know basically a whole lot longer than humans have ever been around uh one of them is uh and see if you can follow this uh carbon dioxide is the primary thing that plants consume out of the atmosphere to grow yes um the other thing that plants really thrive on in most cases is heat Mm -hmm. and sunlight um so If the earth, let's, let's, let's assume everything about the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is completely true. Uh, and it, it, we are increasing the carbon dioxide and it's making the planet warm up. That means that plants are going to grow like mad. They are going to grow in places we've never had plants. We're going to have plants everywhere. What happens when we have a lot more plants? More plants means they're going to consume more carbon dioxide. Also, Trees, in particular, uh, the water vapor aspiration from leaves, uh, will lower the temperature. It's, it's evaporative cooling. That means that when there is strong plant cover, it actually cools down the planet. So more carbon dioxide, higher temperatures will cause more plants, which will reduce the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and lower the temperature of the planet, bringing everything right back to where it was. Where is the hockey stick coming from?
1: <laughs> well, don't forget it also puts out more oxygen which animals yeah. and people need to survive so let's you know also put that in there and the hockey stick I haven't looked this up recently but back when this first came out the hockey stick was pretty easily debunked as junk science in the fact that they were saying hey as carbon dioxide rises so does the temperature of the planet well when you really look at the hockey stick closely, you'll notice that it would appear, unlike what the these 97% of scientists who say everything's been settled say, it would appear that the temperature went up slightly before the level of CO2 went up. So it would actually appear if you do your homework, and again, the science is certainly not settled one way or the other, but there's a very strong case that can be made that it's the temperature rising that is causing more CO2 rather than there is more CO2, thus that is causing the planet, the temperature to rise. So those two things, if you just take it you know, as gospel, that it's the CO2 that's making the temperature go up, you may want to double check that. Because again, the CO2, very little when it comes down to in our atmosphere. I found a website here that says during the Jurassic period, the average CO two concentration in the environment was about four times higher today, and during the Cambrian period, it was nearly eighteen times higher than today. So wait, did, wait back. When was the Cambrian period <laughs> of the Paleozoic era? I mean, what, what are they? Have it was big in machines? The past. Yeah, I know, but did they have big factories? And no, they they had dinosaur something? farts. Dinosaur farts. That's it. <laughs>
0: That'd be a great name for a punk band, wouldn't it? The Dinosaur Farts. I like that. Yeah. I'd listen to them.
1: I would. <laughs> but that is, you know, if somebody's, it just this just blows me away that the, the science is there that will show you that the CO2 levels right now are nowhere near the highest that they've been in the history of the planet. But it just shows, again, the hypocrisy because we will hear the climate scientists and I should really have a way to do air quotes on a podcast but those climate scientists that are only behind this right that would be better um they're the ones that are saying cow farts we've actually heard about the methane that cows put out but you know what the funny thing is i I read one of these articles because of course when you're ready to do this show i've been reading those subversive websites that would talk about the other side and somebody mentioned the fact well you want to know a funny thing is they're not mentioning, because they love the leftists. They love everybody to be in the city. That's a big thing. They don't yes. want the rural areas. They want everybody under in in the a very small amount of land. And somebody pointed out the fact that the human expelling of gas in a big city like Chirac way more than cow farts. So, uh, so out in the...
2: I want to the just call parents. out just just a note for grumpy old Ben's listeners. Darren actually did research for this episode. That is how much he cares about this topic.
1: This is how much I care about debunking this stuff and just trying to um it, it's getting scary because it well, used to be.
0: Well, well, let me ask you guys Maybe. something. Do 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 insects fart?
2: Uh in a manner of speaking, they they expel waste gases same as okay, anything that metabolizes go. for life.
0: All right. Then I would I would uh, speculate and I don't think uh, I think it's they, probably they, pretty in, pretty in solid. particular
2: they fart from between their ribs. Okay. Well, so
0: I would I would I would I would guess that the total certainly the, the population but even the the raw tonnage of uh, insects probably other than than the plant life is the next uh, the next most voluminous form of life on earth. Right, I would I would assume that to be true. Well, not
2: terrestrial insects. Uh, the. The the bulk of the li- matter, life matter in this earth is in the oceans, but.
0: Well, yeah, but let's, let's just put it, let's say above, uh, you know, on, but yeah, on terra I mean, firma. Shrimp.
2: you know, it, it, I'm sure, I'm
0: sure I'll put it to you this way. I would, I would imagine that if you could collect every insect on earth and put it on a scale next to every uh, a, a mammal, et cetera. So the insects would vastly overwhelm them just in, in yeah. sheer size. So
2: yeah, what about in terms of mass. So what about all those, what about all
0: those, you know, the ants and the, and those honeybees, the farts they're putting out. I mean, come on. What about those guys? And they and you know what? The Gaia people want us to eat insects. That's a big push they have. You know, stop the, stop, right. st- stop. The short the answer
2: is that the insects haven't signed on to the Paris Accord either.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks to Sir
1: Machu in the troll room, he said the Cambrian period lasted 55.6 million years and it started 541 million years ago and went to about 485 million years ago so that was a that was quite a long time ago wow. that they had all this this bad co2 and there was really yeah. how many humans were around with cars back then i don't <laughs> know knows. 50 it's million
2: science. years ago last yeah, it, it, it sounds a lot like my time in college
1: <laughs> well that and we hope you certainly took something away from that period, at least, even though nobody I, I, did, anything.
2: I did. I the, did. The things that the establishment was teaching us were mostly bullshit. That was the main takeaway that I had from college. That and a piece of paper, which it, it was a very useful piece of paper because it was a piece of paper that signified that I wasted four and a half years of my life to get a piece of paper. <laughs>
1: Congratulations. Uh, I think. That, yeah, the the th- Go ahead. Sorry. Rat. Sorry there. Well, I was going to say the concept you're right with the people eating bugs is a big thing. You know, this is going to be what's going to save the world because meat is bad. That's meats on the list of things that are bad for the climate. And I don't know. I think we didn't create cows, did we? I mean, I think they're here. We didn't create pigs. They, um, these aren't human made things. These are animals. These are furry little creatures and, uh, we didn't create them, so I don't know how they could be bad for the planet. Again, they're naturally occurring, so I don't understand well, that. They, but they,
2: they, they don't naturally occur in the numbers that there exist today. When we started raising animals for food, we made a whole lot more of them than nature ever would have. Which is By true. The,
0: the Have you tried the yes, product sir. beyond Beyond Beef? Either you no. guys? Oh, no. wow. oh,
2: oh,
0: yeah. Oh. i'm sorry
2: i just threw up a little in your mouth
0: (laughs) well i did just as a sidebar here and uh, you know it's 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 the stuff is it's a it's a great stock play i understand and um Uh, Even uh, like the Colonel KFC, I think several of the fast food outfits are now offering fake, you know, vegetable based chicken and burgers, whatever. So finally, my my wife, you know, who's always at the fore of that stuff, made some uh, the other night. And, you know, it it was a it was a fake beef, a fake sausage. And was it exactly like sausage? Fuck no. Was it awful? No. But here's here's the kicker. My uh, my dog, Moose who's kind of a celebrity. Uh if if ever I'm eating anything that has any type of uh, animal protein, uh he's on me. You know, he want, he wants some, okay? And we sat there eating this pseudo sausage and moose couldn't have given a shit. So his it did not pass moose's sniff test. So, he was so not fooled. He was not fooled.
2: They found the right mix of chemicals to fool humans. Correct.
0: Dogs no dogs no moose couldn't have given a shit oh, that, about their fake sausage yeah uh, the
2: the I'm, I'm sure there are people out there because there's people for everything there are people out there for whom this fake meat stuff on the market is going to be a pretty good solution to whatever dietary requirements they have i'm not going to say it's for nobody no. but i will say with certainty that the vast majority of its fad-like popularity right now is sheer morbid curiosity people mm-hmm. have to try this thing just to see what the hype is about yeah i'm sure and, you're and right. that that will fade and it may or may not come off of the menus of most of these places i think that that most fast food places are not going to find somebody you know in the you know 3 years from now they're not going to find somebody often enough to, that wants one in order to keep stocking it. And it'll be something that you find in specialty grocery stores, but it'll still oh, yeah. be there.
0: Yeah. It's like ordering. But what dishes. is the point of this stuff? The point is, well, the point is, and I, and I do believe this is, this is true that a, you know, if you're, if your diet is too heavy in red meat, it will fuck you up. Um, there was a documentary that I saw a few years ago. That was really jaw dropping called, I think it was called not uh, forks over knives. And it was this study of, uh, Of 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 various populations that have a you know very rich beef diet and how the incidence of heart disease and cancer and so forth just is is off the charts with those as compared to those or not and the most I guess the most uh, glaring uh, uh, observation was during the Second World, World War. One of the Scandinavian countries, I forget which one, was for some reason, I don't know, blockaded or whatever, but for the for the for that period of the war, there was virtually no beef getting into that country. Okay. And records show that the incident of I think prostate cancer just, just about went to zero. And as soon as the as soon as the war was over, it skyrocketed again. So I do believe there's something to that. I don't think pe- you know, I'm not down with the vegan thing. I'm not a vegetarian, but I, I do believe that, you know, if you're if you're if you're existing on T-bone steaks and burgers, you're probably going to have maybe a little shorter life than someone who has a more balanced diet. That's oh, but what, I think that's the, but what a life! But right. what a life! I agree. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna absolutely. say, add some bourbon. A bourbon, yeah, oh yeah, Scotch. Give me the, give me the, give me the Scotch, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, this, this, these fake burgers. From what I understand, the amount of fat and the amount of sodium and other chemicals that are then being thrown into these things to make them taste passable to people makes them just about as bad, if not worse, due to the extra chemicals being involved. Than the burger would have. So it's an interesting concept to me that, you know, it's like, and I would get behind it if I really thought that this was something that could be a substitute and it was close enough, but it was healthy. If that was the case, I'd see this as being a huge business. As of this point, what I think will end up happening is that people will eventually realize that. This meatless burger, I mean, if you, if you were a fan of the Seinfeld series, you'll remember there was an episode around the, hey, why does this fat-free yogurt taste so good? Everybody was going, they were piling in, it was yes. fat-free, so you could have as much as you want, even though, I mean, okay, the science wasn't good there either, because calories and fat aren't the same thing, but it turned out that it wasn't actually fat-free frozen yogurt, it was a lie. And right. I think that is about <laughs> what's going to happen here when people realize that eating these not meat burgers are no healthier than eating the regular thing. Then, well, again, moderation. Oh, you know, it's I'm, one of those- sh-
0: I'm sure you're right, Darren. I'm sure that that the fake meat is the is the dietary equivalent of Tesla automobiles.
1: Okay, <laughs> is, which is another which that is, is another, probably with, accurate.
2: Yeah, you, which is you another mean a fad. <laughs>
0: What a fad, a fa- well, not not just a fad, a fraud, to be more accurate spelling. A fraudulent fad, a fraudulent fad.
2: You know. Well, it's been- I, I, I mean, fraudulent. I, you know, I guess depends on on what exactly you, you know, wh- what claims are being made.
0: Well, with, with Tesla. Uh, you know, everybody everybody's buzzing around. They're, first of all, they have enormous popularity uh, in Southern California. You see them constantly. I don't, I don't
2: which, which is the main reason that you should stay away from them. But go on, yeah,
0: yeah, and and you know, and everybody thinks everybody's driving one thinks they're a planet savior. Which again, the conceit of that is just mind blowing. Uh, when uh, that's, in fact, that's some bullshit. <laughs> when in fact, over the over the life of that car, it has more environment negative environmental impact than, you know a a well running internal combustion gas powered car, and it's been proven many different ways many different ways they're they're using they're using uh rare earth metals that uh they that to, just to get hold of them is a, is an environmental nightmare there's a full ton a half ton of a battery in there with lithium. What happens to that shit when it's all used up i mean it's it's a crap plus plus you know when how when you plug that fucker in. How about the? It's probably a coal-fired uh, a plant that's running the electricity.
2: You're jacking into it. So come on. Oh, come on! Here on the left coast, we use hydroelectric or yeah, gas. we should be using. Every, everyone uses gas.
1: We should be using nukes. <laughs> yes, um, we should. But if you remember when Barack but, but Obama, when nukes would be nukes would to be office. too good
2: for the environment. We can't but have it, that. Yes,
0: they would. But yeah, they would. Um, you know, it's interesting to look back at this shit, where it all came from. Uh, you know, what what was the genesis of this stuff? And I, I think probably the the entire the climate change thing um, was was that idiot book, uh, uh, Silent Spring, by Rachel Carson, in the early sixties, which she came back shortly before her death and admitted. In a pretty exhaustive article, in I think it was the New Yorker magazine, that she had played it fast and loose with the f- with the facts, a little bit of junk science, and a little bit of fudging in the details, and DDT in, in popular media, you don't imagine say- that. Who would do that? And and she deeply regretted having done that because you know there were you know it the the. The, uh, the banning of DDT absolutely did help the uh, the, the strength of, of wild bird eggshells. But at the same time, malaria, which had been almost eradicated from the face of the earth, came roaring back and millions and millions of people have died from that shit because there was no DDT. So weigh it for yourself, Rachel. Where was the good?
1: Yeah. Well, well it's mean, that the concept of are junk biscuits. science.
0: It is junk science, and it was junk science laid with bullshit, with lies.
1: Well, here's the interesting thing when it comes to junk science. I ran across this also while doing a little bit of research for the show. There is a Wharton School professor and forecasting expert named J. Scott Armstrong. Professor Armstrong, it says here in an article from Breitbart, so I mean, okay, right-leaning, but do your own homework and try to disprove it if you'd like. Uh, He he co-founded the peer-reviewed Journal of Forecasting in 1982 and the International Journal of Forecasting in 1985. Uh, He made the claim in a presentation about what he considers just to be alarmism from the forecasters over man-made climate change. His quote, we also go through journals and rate how they conform to the scientific method. I used to think that maybe 10% of the papers in my field were maybe useful. Now it looks like maybe one-tenth of one percent actually follow the scientific method. Wow. People just don't do it. So, I mean, think about that. These are the scientists who are all in and that everybody keeps quoting is the science is real. Uh, the the oh, yeah. actual the, this professor thinks one <laughs> one-tenth of one percent are actually following a scientific methodology. What does you, that say?
2: You remember being taught the scientific method back in school, right? I mean, at least for me, it was like fifth grade science class. They, they actually made us go through the process of, uh, how to actually do science. It is the thing called the scientific method, which is a process for generating knowledge. It, the, it was, it's not a religion. You don't believe in science. Uh, you know, the, the scientific method is first you observe something. Second, you make a guess, an educated guess based on your observations about that thing you, you might observe, for example, that, uh, you know, bird egg shells are getting thin. And so your educated guess might be that this, uh, poison we're putting in the air is thinning them out then. And here's the part everybody kind of fails on you, Take that question of, of does this happen or you, you form, you form your hypothesis into a question. Does this happen? And then you test it. And then another part people always screw up is once you've tested it, you take the new information, the new data you gathered from your testing, from your experimenting and you revise your hypothesis. And if the data doesn't support your hypothesis, then chances are your hypothesis was wrong. And eventually through multiple cycles you you form new hypotheses you ask new questions about them you test the question to get more information about it you revise your hypothesis and eventually you come up with enough evidence supporting a hypothesis that you go okay this is probably right and then you know if you're in academia you go write a paper on it where you say uh you know, I formed this hypothesis and uh, here's the data that I used to support it. And here's how I got there. And uh, here's all the steps that you need in order to reproduce it. And then, uh, you know, I am pretty sure that this is the conclusion. So that is how, at least in grade school, I was taught that you do science. Yes. Um, That's not what happens anymore. <laughs> now, somebody comes to a quote unquote scientist hands them a bunch of money and says, I need you to conclude that climate change is real. Yep. Scientist goes out and does a bunch of the trappings and analyzes some data and runs, runs some computer models with fudged information and then publishes their conclusion, which is "Yeah, climate change is real, but also doesn't publish all of their data because it's a very competitive, you know, oh, it's, we can't have people stealing our data. Well, that's kind of, then it's not knowledge. Um, doesn't, publish enough methods to reproduce it. And as a result, you have studies come out left and right where somebody concluded something uh, without enough information in the study to reproduce it. Or even if there is enough information, you know nobody's going to reproduce it for a while because there's just too many people doing too many things. And then if somebody reproduces it 10 years later or runs the experiment again, they're like, yeah, we didn't get the same conclusions as you. (laughs) <laughs> but it doesn't matter because the, the cool. damage is already done. The politicians have already sprayed their propaganda and the bad laws have already been passed. Yep.
1: Right. And reproducing something is the tough part. the other thing I learned in grade school when doing science and doing an experiment was you had to do everything possible to have control over every variable. Cause if there's a variable going on that you don't control any results you get are meaningless. And as we've talked about on Grumpy Old Bens and elsewhere, probably, the sun is a variable that you never see in any of these global never. climate change.
2: Well, <laughs> I, see, I don't know. I mean, I never see the sun, but that's because I'm in the Pacific Northwest where it's always cloudy. I, I thought you guys saw it once in a while.
0: I see the sun, the father and the Holy Ghost regularly. So,
2: oh, excellent. Here. Yes. He hang, yeah, in, in, he hang out. He's ready to just wipe in this in planet
1: out. <laughs> yeah, he's ready to wipe this planet out because even the Pope is in on climate change, which is he something is. that if if you want to, if you, that just blows my mind. And I remember talking about this with you on the religion episode, Larry, because that just blows my mind. It's a good Irish Catholic boy, and the Pope's the guy that's supposed to be the one. You know, he's the one with his finger on the pulse. He's the one that God is. This has been chosen, and. The fact that can you believe that God created heaven and earth and then you're also can believe that man by driving a few cars and having some burgers are going to screw the planet up beyond all repair. I don't get it. I don't but get I, it. That I, that guy I mean, is has
2: it. has there ever been in the history of the earth? Has there ever been a God giver more corporate than the Vatican? No, <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, that I is think absolutely true. There, there's your answer right there. Is uh, <laughs> that that these the 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 Catholic Church, uh, the 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 official Roman Catholic Church, as run out of the Vatican with its subsidiaries in every major city, is it's a corporation. And if if the new evil on this earth is corporations and large faceless organizations that tell you what to think and how to breathe and and what to eat, uh how should an organization as large and established and influential as the Catholic church be excluded from something like that? I mean, you think Facebook well, has their, their mitts in everything.
1: Oh, well, you know, well, the, I was the beautiful one, thing one, is Go ahead, please
0: go ahead. Larry. I, I was once at a, uh, well, at a, uh, a, a dinner with uh, uh, my in-laws and some other people and they were all, you know, there's been sort of a, you know, I guess, uh, an enlightening of people over the years, some, not all, but what you're saying, uh, uh, Ryan, that, that it is a corporation and, and they were talking about all of the, uh, sort of the knee jerk, uh, 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 rituals that you know like for instance you know oh i never eat meat on friday you know please you know it's it's so so absurd as darren said the, the, you you can take the bible from one to the under the other nowhere in there does it say you know build this thing go to there give money it, it, so I, I i just happen to just say you know well you know the catholic church is not a religion it's a it's a corporation that franchises religion well, you would have thought that I had leapt up on the table, zipped down, and urinated across the entrees. The way people looked at me, and you, you might know, have done like, that
2: too, but that was later I, after a few drinks.
0: You know, you read my mind. I want—I wanted to. I really did. But, um, but yeah, it's—it is. It's a—it's a corporation, uh, and and yeah, that's 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 what they do. That's what they do. So, but if, if people have such weird things. You know, I remember a buddy of mine, uh, from college, he, he lived in Italy, he, in, in Rome for, for many years, good guy, fun guy. And I remember him describing one time he was in the, whatever the hell the piazzas or St. Peter's square or something. And the, the Pope went cruising by and he, and he, he was speaking about it as if, as if he was, as if he was laying eyes on a demigod you know and i said well what what made what made you feel so special looking at this man this this guy who you know was just one of us really but with better clothing and and better wheels
2: and a and, lot more political power
0: and a lot more political uh juice yeah and he said you know i just looked at him and he says you know i just the guy i looked at a man i said he's so pure I Said pure pure what <laughs> you know, i just <laughs> I, I I couldn't understand it, but he was completely enraptured in the mythology of this guy as something above and beyond the rest of humanity. Go figure! I don't know.
2: Sure, uh, manipulating human belief is uh has has through the entirety of human history manipulating human belief has been the most effective way to control a population. You are in so every right. society, everywhere. And yes. as long as we're back on the topic, uh you know, that's what Al Gore is doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and
2: no matter what
0: the uh, what, how his hypocrisy is exposed, the guy talk about the Teflon Don, whatever. Nothing ever seems to stick to this guy. When when are people going to realize he's a he's a hustler and he's a con artist? Uh, You know, out just a little sidebar here, I think half
2: the people have realized. I think I just half. The other half are are are, you know, make no mistake, Democrats and Republicans, those are also religions. For a True. lot of people. There are True, a lot of are. people yes. who, who feel like their political party is their religion. I, I know I know plenty of people personally who I can I can go out, I can have a beer with, I can have a conversation with, but if it ever comes to politics, then you know, if if I ever ask, their politics are straight down the talking points line from the Democrat right. ticket, and there's no convincing them. And if I even bring it up, then you know tempers flare, and that's why you know at Thanksgiving we're not allowed to talk about re- right. politics because, of course, I'm I'm the one token non Democrat in the room, and of course I have an opinion, and and nobody likes a, an informed opinion, so.
0: Well, you raise a fascinating, uh, idea there, Ryan, that I've pondered, uh, forever and haven't really come to a conclusion about, and that's, that's this, and I don't know if it's, if it's a uniquely American thing or if it's a, maybe it's a global thing, but all my life, people, people are always trying to pigeonhole you into taking some side I don't give a shit what it is. I mean, sh- I mean, Darren, you know, in in, in Chicago, are you Cubs or you're White Sox? You know, and if you're neither, well, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why haven't you, are you Republican or you're Democrat? You know, are you blue or are you red? I mean, people just seem to have this fucking innate, completely illogical need to make everybody be on one side or another of some type of imaginary line. And I don't fucking get that. And I never will. It's, but it's it, the it same never impulse. Is
2: it's the same impulse behind identity politics. It's yeah. It's, I guess you, oh, and, and, and the, there's a, a biochemical thing that happens in the brain where, uh you know, the, the human brain, the average human is capable of knowing, understanding and, and uh, interacting with about 150 total people in their life. Uh, if, if you have a village that is that size or smaller then it 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 can actually happen that everybody knows everybody and you know it it's as close as we've ever come to idyllic existence because you know you there's there's a thing that happens when you know somebody when you understand that somebody is a person you you treat them as uh, you know as a human with wants with desires with uh you 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 know the you know that you care about them that's that's the big thing is, is you actually give a shit whether they live or die usually sometimes you want them to die but you care uh, <laughs> but but. Over, uh, outside of that 150 or so people, once, once you get into a group like that, um, the human brain is not capable of storing, uh, personality profiles on that many people. And so, the only way to interact with people is to treat them like uh, blank slates, like caricatures, like uh, mm. well the the actual word is stereotypes. Uh, right. You the the only way that the human brain can interact with somebody outside of your tribe of 150 people is to generalize about them, and then you know any conclusions that you take have to be from the generalization because you don't know the person and as a result uh there is a very very strong human need to generalize and categorize everybody outside of our tribe and so as a result we we form categories and the the categories we form are entirely our own inv- invention um you know there's some that that are based on really obvious uh external factors like, uh, you know, one of the most common categories that we form is skin color. Uh, Another one is gender, um, which at least, you know, 10 years ago and before it used to be pretty clear whether somebody was one gender or the other. Uh, But we we form these. You know, when, when you go up to somebody that you've never met before in a big city uh, and you see that this person has uh, bulges of fat on their chest and long hair and, uh, you know, wide hips, then you immediately form a, a model of behavior about dealing with that person, which is a little bit different than you would uh, if if they were male. <laughs> so... That, that's that's that that's art <laughs> well it is and i i did and like i said you you've already from what i just described which was a poor description um you've already formed a, a mental model of how yeah, you so would you, interact with this person you would you would be more appreciative for one
0: what i what i'm seeing in my mind is art crumbs devil girl from your description <laughs> <laughs> i
2: i'm i'm glad i was able to describe it so well so it, it the, the human brain is deficient in that, uh, unlike uh, Facebook's databases, we are not capable of storing mental profiles on everybody in the world. We are, you know, like I said, we can store a mental profile on about 150 people. So the way the brain copes with dealing with everybody outside your tribe is you categorize them. You, you form a, a stereotype is, is what it is. But, you know, it's not, they're not always bad, but you form a model of a type of person. And then you put, you take somebody and you categorize them into that model and, and and it's just the way the human brain works. And for the most part, if you're not going to interact with that person very often, that model works and it, it's sufficient. it is it is the way that you go down to somebody working behind a, a glass desk in a bank building. And you know, this person is going to be all business and uh, is going to exchange my money and, and give me services. It's how, you know, that when you go to a fast food counter, the person behind there wearing the funny hat is probably going to give you food in exchange for money. These are mental models that it's, there's nothing wrong with that. The problem is when you, you start to draw conclusions based on a person that are false because you are putting them into your own mental model and then, make, you know, deciding something about that person because you've miscategorized them. And that right there is the physiological uh reason behind identity politics. And I don't remember what got me under this. I don't know I, I remember what got me under this 5-minute rant, but I don't know if I answered your question.
1: You did, and I have There the was solution. a question?
0: <laughs> the solution is mandatory name tags with descriptors. That's the fix,
2: and, and you know, you go to the fast food place, and a lot of people will have that. You go to a, a company you know a corporation, at Microsoft. We had fifty thousand people in one city in a bunch of buildings, and there was no way I knew all those people, and so they had name tags with description. Yeah, but your name
1: tags then weren't saying I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I my gender is this, my ethnicity right. is this, my you know, belief I, is you, this. You, you, You put what
2: information you think is important there, and if you think that's important information. Like that shit on Twitter profiles,
0: right? That'll fix everything. (laughs) Because everybody can be summed up in nine words or less. (laughs) I mean, that's also why we
2: have electronic profiles of people. You know, if I... If I have to deal with a program manager somewhere at Microsoft, and I don't have any idea who it is, I can go ahead and, and, you know, go into Microsoft Outlook and click on their name, and it'll pop up their their name, their their position, what group they're in, what their phone number is—a whole bunch of information that I can then use to correctly interact with the person.
1: And you know, Larry, you talked about things like you know, Sox or Cubs if you're from Chicago. You got Republicans yes, yes. or Democrats. I happen. To the know interesting a thing fan is. Of both the i hate the cubs although if they would hire ozzy guin as a manager all in that's all i'm saying at the cubs that's all they would need to do to get me to change allegiances because the white Sox have sucked and have made a bunch of problems with the way they've done things including firing their hitting coaches after this season even though they had a guy that won the batting title and they've kept their pitching coach around for like 20 years even though he's a fat bloated idiot and the pitching has sucked for well over a decade but i digress FBI, you talk about mad-bloated idiot. I like that. <laughs> pretty much. I like that. You talk As, about yeah. these groups, and the interesting thing to me is, I think the nefarious thing is, these are trying to be wiped out. They are trying to, in the guise of the New World Order, the One World Government, when you look at these things, look at American politics in particular, when was the last time, if ever, that you had a party like the Republicans now where a lot of them are never Trumpers that are against the president that their party elected. It's very strange. The climate change, also the same thing. There are no two sides of climate change to the people that want to make these changes to these socialist utopians. There's only one. That's the 97% of scientists agree. And if you don't, you're an idiot that should be probably left in the dustbin of history or jail. More and more, yes, and I think more and more that's what we're getting to, rather than two sides fighting it out. Which, again, I know my lifespan is fairly short, but I remember the times, at least I believe, where the Democrats and the Republicans, once every four years, had like six months where they fought for the election for the president in the main elections. Otherwise. It was business as usual, and there was compromise, and both sides worked together. And that's where two sides can happily coexist, work together. I don't think we have that anymore. And you look at this, the same thing. When it comes down to climate change, you must believe or you're a hater. When it comes down to all of these different genders, you must believe or you're a hater. When it comes to immigration, you must believe or you're a racist, you're a hater. All of these things are looking to wipe out the free thinking and that was one of the the things in the random thoughts I did with the heavy metal and climate change that kind of blew my mind was it was the heavy metal kids that everybody was worried about back in the 80s and they turned out to be more well adjusted than the other kids because having a different point of view not going along with the crowd appears to be healthier but we're living in a society right now that is flogging people more and more than ever before. For not falling in with the crowd, and the end result of that, it's going to be one of two things: either we are going to go full Orwellian in 1984, or, or we are going to get into a point where there is going to be another, not just civil war in America, but worldwide people fighting back against this kind of bullshit. Oh, I agree. It's two things. I'm working on a
0: bonus episode called Civil War Two because. I think we're absolutely in the midst of a cold civil war and people are beginning to talk about this. Now they're using the, those words. Uh, you're seeing it in the mainstream media, which is pretty chilling. Um, but to back up a little bit everybody should go to randomthoughts.com and listen to Darren's episode 54 because it's it's he draws some incredible like I said he connects the dots in the way no one ever has and I think you want to talk about a little bit about that cuz it is about climate change how Al Gore was at the forefront of a fucking censorship movement that's all it was pure and simple there was no there was no there were no gray areas about it anywhere anywhere it was pure and simple censorship Okay, with his with his asshole wife Tipper, who was an asshole. Okay, and look where he's gone now. And then he was Darren. You take it, buddy, because he was preaching. He was preaching the horrific gospel of gloom and doom in defense and protection of what else? The children.
2: I mean, to be fair, he was he was an early person to do that. uh, But he was far from the. I mean, it's it's continued constantly ever since that's how we have the environmental movement uh you know, one of my favorite uh lines about uh what darren was saying uh is uh if you if your argument is that or if i'm sorry i don't remember how it go um, if if you have to tell the other side to shut up or to be quiet or your tactic is to shut down conversation it means your argument is bad. I just completely butchered the quote, so I'm not even going to say who it was by, but it's whenever you, anytime that you see anybody trying to stop discussion on anything, then the only thing that you need to know is that the people calling for everybody to be quiet, they have bad arguments.
1: Um, Well, it certainly doesn't mean they have good ones because otherwise they would be putting them out there.
2: Yeah, a, a good argument can stand against any kind of contrary discussion. A bad argument cannot stand against contrary discussion, which means the only way to win is to end the discussion.
0: Well yeah, well I would I would take it a step further, Ryan, to say that it's not not only is your is your argument specious and weak, you're evil.
2: Well it's certainly a, not a nice technique. <laughs>
0: No, anybody well, yeah. that's the, trying to st- anybody that's trying to stifle a free exchange of thoughts and ideas is not a good person and should be called an asshole.
2: Well, there, I will agree. Yes, it, that is a that is an evil action. Uh, it is just like stealing is an evil action. Uh you you talked about Larry. You talked about uh, the the divide between people. Um, I. I know this isn't going to go over well around the Thanksgiving table, but I honestly think that the divide will only get worse as long as we have this persistent myth that, uh, you know, the, the belief that it, it, there's for some reason people in America think that in order to be polite, you can't talk about politics. And, and it sickens me because not talking about politics is why you have people stewing in their own bubble, believing their own things and never being exposed to anything that might lead them to something better and why you have uh, you know what is it? 85% of voters in America uh, you know it doesn't matter if if Donald Trump goes out and shoots somebody on Fifth Avenue or if Hillary Clinton uh, literally sells the entire country to the EU, they are going to vote for their party no matter what. And that's wrong because these people, I, I, if, if people talked about things, they would exchange ideas and they might actually start to think for themselves. Well, you know, I think they think
0: they're talking about ideas, uh, but I, I lay the, the blame for this incredible vitriol, this acrimony, this this divided country. And it really is, it's horrible and it's scary what's happened in our lifetimes uh i I put the blame firmly on social media okay that's where it's coming from because people when it was face to face across the backyard fence or over the shopping carts at the at the uh at the supermarket wherever it was um you know people people would, would have to exercise some degree of civility okay but once, once, like I said, I think once before in another one of your shows, uh, the, the Twitter, Facebook, social media is the equivalent of everybody being in their own automobiles and feel, feeling free to to uh, to engage in road rage. You know, you can't get anywhere near me. I'm well, at my So you keyboard, have been on the freeway. So, so fuck you, right? That's that's the mindset. That's the mindset. And I really and and so if, on top of that. Is the fact that we live in a, uh, information age, but the information ends at 280 characters on Twitter or, you know, a couple of lines on Facebook. Nobody, nobody goes in depth anymore. Nobody has any understanding of anything beyond the sound bite, the top line, the propaganda bullshit. And that's, which it, is why really, everybody
2: needs to be listening to podcasts. Exactly, you are quite right. Especially random thoughts, yeah.
0: Grumpy Old Ben's, and that Larry Show. Those are the ones they should be listening to, and the No Agenda, of course. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's. I think that's the the difference. What when you look at how something changes, uh, you know, in, in a culture, in a zeitgeist, whatever. You, know, you got to figure what's different. What's different than than twenty years ago? Why are people so fucking angry and vicious? Well, the well, only I- the only X factor there. Do the scientific method. It's social media.
2: I absolutely agree that social media is exacerbating the problem, and it's certainly making it worse and bringing everything into focus, and more importantly, bringing it into view. But uh, my mother-in-law was blindly voting for everybody who had a D next to their name on the ticket long before Facebook existed. I, I think that this has always been there, and the social media sites saw this and decided that they could exploit it for money. And, you know, mm-hmm. those sweet, sweet ad views. And that's why, you know, companies like Facebook have more psychologists on staff than programmers because the they're not trying to create features in their platform. They're trying to create features that get you into the platform and then keep you from ever leaving.
1: True. Well, it's exploited. And like you said, people only believe here's where the real breakdown comes. And I, social media, I think, does exacerbate the problem because most of the people, if they were going down and, like you said, Ryan, voting that Democrat ticket back in the 50s, most of those people, not all of them, but most of them were paying a little bit more attention to the news and could actually talk on, I believe, more of what was going on. You go back to the American Revolution and the news of the day was, that was their entertainment for lack of a better word, that was what people are talking about. And social media exacerbates it a little bit, but the problem we have now is people's attentions are anywhere, but what's going on in the world. Even the people that have really bought into this, the global warming stuff, besides those at the very top are believing their gods. They're believing Al Gore. They're believing the mainstream media. And all they have to be told is this is true. They're never going to go do the homework. And when you sit there, if you run across one of these people in the wild and you start bringing up facts and figures and looking to dig a little bit deeper than climate change happening, just like orange man bad. If you try to get under the skin, if you try to actually have a conversation with most of these people, the end result is they will give you talking points, tell you you're a fascist or a racist or whatever the word du jour of the day is, and then they will move
2: on because. Yeah, Most of them won't even give you talking points. They'll just insult you and move on. Yeah. 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 And and I, I, to be clear, uh, you know, the human brain only has so much capacity for understanding things. And a lot of people, it is not worth their time or while to go out and get informed about climate change. And I respect that you have every right to wallow in ignorance about certain things. In fact, it's absolutely necessary. I know, very little about a lot of things. You know, I don't know how to, to put together a rocket engine, um, do a podcast because it's not something I, well, it, I don't know how to do that either. never figured it out. I just leave that to Darren. I don't need to know. I just, I just blather into this microphone. And at the end, somewhere along the line, a podcast appears. I think, you know, Darren just snaps his fingers or something. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I, I absolutely respect people's ability and, and right to, choose to be ignorant about a topic as complex and uh, uncertain as climate change. What I do not respect is the people who then, while wallowing in their ignorance, form strong opinions about it, usually because they've been given those opinions, and then influence policy. All of this climate change would be a just an academic curiosity. Uh, if it weren't influencing policy that causes my taxes to go up and my rights to go away, I can't Mm -hmm. use plastic bags anymore because enough people around here while wallowing in their ignorance decided that they needed to set policy.
1: You know, uh, it's funny that those policies always are taking money out of your pocket and usually have nothing to do. You go read the green new deal stuff that AOC put out and one of the main things was talking about, you know, getting people employed. And it's like, wait, I thought this was about saving the planet, not getting people money <laughs> and raising the minimum wage and all this other stuff. But, you know, that's how you know the climate stuff's bullshit because it doesn't stand on its own and it doesn't fit the criteria the we were talking about the the guy that was, uh, you know, as far as the scientific papers and how many of them follow the science and This was his criteria for the compliance, to be compliant with real science. His eight criteria for judging whether these papers complied were, number one, they have to be objective testing multiple reasonable hypothesis i mean how many of these climate change people have tested reasonable multiple how, reasonable
2: how many of them even test one hypothesis they they come up with their conclusion and then put together some kind of farce test as if they're trying to ask about it when the only answer they will ever accept is the one they've already concluded
1: right number two useful findings effect size is important for decision making Three, full disclosure of methods, data, and other relevant information, which a lot of them (laughs) not. I mean, he talked about the, you know, right. The the moment you you copyright
2: it, it's not science anymore.
1: Well, once you you talked about this with polling, you know, when the why polls are so far off, because you can make polls. The result could be pretty much anything you want. Science the same way. If you go and you do your mathematical formula for climate change and you're including, um, you know, cow farts, and it says, oh, well, with the cow farts, everything's good, Then there is no climate change. Then you go, oh, well, we'll take cow farts out because nobody's going to think of cow farts. And if you can change those variables, and you can make it say pretty much anything you want it to, which is, again, makes it completely into junk science, if it's science or anything at all. Number four, a comprehensive review of prior knowledge. So look at everything that has been done in the past. Five, have valid and reliable data, which is something when it comes to climate change. If you go and do your homework on that, even NASA came out not too long ago and said that a lot of the data that was being used to push this climate change stuff, well, it was wrong.
2: Everybody is using exactly the same data sets, and a lot of it has fudge factors that are put in. Most of them are even published with the data set, but completely omitted from the study. You know, because computer models are not data, but that's what that's what a lot of these things do is they they try to push off a computer model as this is our data.
1: Yes, right. And that's that's the interesting thing, too, because computers, I mean, they can't and I understand two different things, climate and weather. But it's interesting that way too many days over the summer, the weather the day before when I would check it would say, hey, tomorrow's going to be nice, sunny and warm. And then you wake up and it's raining. I mean, they can't figure out what's going to oh, be happening can. in that front within hours. So how are you going to tell me what's going to happen in days or months or years? Oh, I yeah. don't believe it. Yeah. They- oh god, yeah. You're so right. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard certainly
0: Ryan of the famed El Nino, right?
2: Oh yeah, we get that every we get that every couple of years. And well, of course, you- they have absolutely no idea whether or not no it's I- going to happen until exactly. about 3 months into it.
0: Exactly. About three years ago, they were screaming. They were screaming. It was a constant drumbeat. Oh, El Nino, it's coming. It's coming. And like an asshole, you know, I'm out there, you know, caulking windows and filling cracks at the, at the door gems in my house. It was, didn't ever fucking rain that entire season. Nothing for, from, from January through July wasn't a drop. You know, and these guys are telling me what the world is going to be like in 10 or 20 years.
2: Blow me. It's absurd. But it's, it, it is. It is one of the most complex, the atmosphere is one of the most complex systems on the planet. And we do not, we still everything that humans have ever learned. We still don't understand, I think the bulk of it. And then we, we try, you know, it's also the, the number of computations required just to, you know, the, it's the, the butterfly flapping their wings or a, you know, a, a moth farts in India and it, causes a typhoon somewhere well that sort of thing can happen in a chaotic system that is infinitely complex and every single thing in the entire world you know billions of variables all interact with each other it's just too complicated and i I don't fault weathermen for or i I, i'm sorry i I misgendered weather people for (laughs) getting things wrong a little bit you know we have a we have a weatherman around here uh, by the name of Steve Poole, uh, who- Are
1: you sure he's a man, though?
2: I, well, I mean, I haven't asked what pronoun he prefers to use, but I'm going to go ahead and just misgender him for the moment. Um, but he he actually, um, he wrote a book that the book was entitled Somewhere I Was Right. <laughs> At, and it's because every single time, you know, and, and the- You know, around here, the geography and everything, uh, you you can't even predict the weather for the Seattle area because uh, any particular, you know, whether it's sunny, whether it's raining, whether it's cloudy, only is valid for about a five mile radius. Um, So so in his case, every time he predicts something, uh, there's somewhere somewhere in the area that he was spot on, but it changes and it's probably not where you are. Yeah. Uh,
1: right. Which brings us, you know, to the, the sixth thing under this criteria for compliance with science is valid and simple methodology, which, like you said, oh. there are billions, billions of factors. So, climate, uh, to put this together, and then
2: the Val- last two with, things ex- with weather, valid exper- and simple are almost mutually exclusive.
1: Yes. Ex- the last two things are experimental evidence provided and eight, conclusions consistent with the evidence, or as Sir Mathieu pointed out in the chat room if you want to be in the chat room, when we are live, no on Friday mornings at 11 AM central. Sir Matthew said that what they do is they use the data that suits their hypothesis and then they work in reverse, which is yes, that's what passes for science today is right, right. we know what we want to have the end result be. And they treat it as politics. They treat it as polling and they figure if they can push this stuff out there that people will agree with it. Because again, Larry, Ryan, who doesn't want the planet to be healthy and well? Exactly.
2: Yeah, I don't. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> motto, my motto is earth first. We'll go ahead and strip mine. The other planets later.
1: <laughs> yeah. One, one at a time, whatever you got to do, but this now what you get into, and this is again, one of the things we talked about in the random thoughts or I talked about people give me crap all the time for saying the we, when I mean, I it's the Royal. We is the yeah. methodology one. You know, as, we, as I talked about there, it was Al Gore. It's funny. Back in the 80s was against lyrics of heavy metal because doom, gloom, no hope for tomorrow. And the way I look at it, that is exactly what he's using today and using children to push the method, which we've seen this before. So you look at Greta Turnbury or Turnberg or whatever you say her last name and when it comes to the climate. But she's no different than these Parkland kids when it comes to gun control. You're noticing that all of these very socialist liberal type agendas now are finding a face with kids because it's a it's an interesting thing because somebody pointed out why can't we go after Greta the media went after those uh, the Catholic high school kids from Covington they were fine to go after because they they dared stand in front of some guy that, you know, Native American looking guy who they thought, you know, he was they were doing bad things to him. So they could rip him to those kids to shreds. But Greta's it's, off it's limits. Another, those Parkland kids are off limits.
2: It's another useful rule of persuasion, which is that if you can't appeal to logic, uh, then appeal to emotion. Uh, as a matter of fact, in, in terms of being able to persuade the largely illogical population of america uh emotion is far far more useful than logic because most of these people they they don't even want to think logically they they've never been trained they've never practiced it it's not some you know in in school they're just recited facts they're not taught how to think critically about anything so logic by and large washes over people and they don't even realize what it is but appeal to emotion and oh yeah we definitely we must do something about this now and what could possibly be more emotional than putting children in danger.
1: Nothing. Right. Cause it's for the children. You, well, you don't somebody want the children to have good children. lives.
0: Yeah. Janet Reno had to protect the children so badly. She had to burn the children, <laughs> you know, let's to save
1: we them. We have to, we have to take kill them. Elian Gonzalez, right? Elian yeah, Gonzalez. That Remember that one. Oh yeah. When, yeah. Uh, when, and- when they went in with guns, yeah. like that wasn't going to scar that kid forever, but now it's different. Children are above – when when they want to use them, it's perfectly fine. And this Greta Thunberg thing is is just obscene when you look at it. And using kids for these types of things – again, we talked about the science surrounding climate change. Sure. And – oh, actually, when you talk about using the emotion – Rather than logic, as Ryan was talking about, go back and check out the random thoughts I did entitled bias, because we yes. talk all about the fact that facts and figures are meaningless and all you need is emotion to get people on your side. And that is very clearly what's happening here. And using a kid to do this is it really is. It's obscene to when you look about at it. Disgusting. Yeah, because if this, is, it, if this is really science, or, why or are there? Who would you deplorable. rather? Who would you believe? Wouldn't you, if an actual scientist stood up there, if you had a panel of like, (coughs) excuse me, if these are like the top 10 scientists in this field and let them get up there and make their case, I would have a tendency to at least listen and see what the data was and try to understand it. And I would have a much higher, because I have a logical mind, I guess, would have a much higher reason (laughs) that I would trust them. I know you can laugh at that, Ryan, But when you look at. If the best person that you can choose as the face of your cause is a teenage girl who has autism, who is an actor, and they say she has a photographic memory, Greta, which it really does. She is like the perfect poster child
2: for a doctored this. photographic memory, a photoshopped that, well, memory.
1: You know, the interesting thing was you look at, so you go, okay, again, why is this girl like this? You know, why was she the one chosen? What is her background? And who is surrounding her? And she has a handler, which, if you notice, somebody pointed this out not too long ago. If you look at a lot of these photos of Greta, there is a woman that is standing behind her quite a bit. And it's not her mother, it's not a relative. It is a woman named Louisa Marie Neubauer, which they refer to as her handler here in this article. She's a member of one foundation which was the group managed by bono bill gates and george soros so i mean hey (laughs) you can trust greta because bono bill gates and george soros that is a uh, that's a hell of a person on the other
2: end of her leash quite a troika yeah
0: Yeah. well you
1: know this the the whole thing
0: of pimping children to advance a political agenda is not new i mean you've got uh geez the the children's crusades you've got uh, hitler youth corps You know, it's a it's a proven method to uh, to play in emotions and curry favor with people who aren't that bright. (laughs) I I
2: think one of one of my favorite uh, moments on No Agenda a couple shows ago was uh, when uh, you know right after Greta had come and spoken about climate change to uh, whoever she spoke to, um, John brought onto No Agenda a clip of an emotional impassioned little girl who frankly uh because when they're really young a lot of girls have basically the same voice uh sounded like it could have plausibly been greta and she was saying how her generation was going to die and wasn't going to have a future and everybody was you know and and she said you know the the one thing like she got about 40 50 seconds into this clip before i started to raise an eyebrow because she said and and you know thanks to this problem i'm afraid to go outside during the day and my generation will not know what it's like because the sun will be too dangerous once the ozone is gone
0: yeah
2: the clip is I was from 1992
0: that. <laughs> that ozone hole what happened to that
2: where'd that uh, go it's it, it, i think it it left for no. sunnier climates it no, was over Antarctica. It the happened. problem
0: was superman went up there and sutured it shut that's what happened right. i know this for a fact
1: well we all started using stick deodorant rather than spray and it closed and then they went fuck now what do we do now what yep. yeah,
2: well, yeah. I, I mean each time each time one uh, one of their environmental scare fads either falls out of you know the fad falls out of interest or it's somehow disproven or or things just don't get worse they have to come up with a new one uh you know what what do we have we had you know way back in the day we had the the dust bowl oh god you know and then we had the ozone hole and we uh you know we had acid rain um you know we've had overpopulation that was that was a huge thing when i was in uh high school um you know every single time that there's a hurricane you know it's it's the end of the world. And, you know, because the, uh, you know, and then, and, you know, there are legitimate man-made problems, uh, that we're going to completely destroy the world. Uh, you know, Deepwater horizon was one, uh, the, the Kuwait oil fires that, that Saddam set, uh, the Exxon Valdez, all these, all these things that are going to destroy the earth as we know it. Um, you know, plastic bags and straws are now the big thing. And, um, You know, how many coastal cities have been completely inundated by climate change yet?
0: Zero question.
2: Hmm. (laughs) I mean, you know, there are fish in the streets of Miami, you know, just like every single time there's a storm surge. Well, I'll tell you what, what if if they put the streets of Miami at sea level,
0: who knew? If if mankind does affect the destruction of the planet, it will probably be those uh, uh, doing it in the in the name of uh, of saving it. And I saw something recently that just blew my mind. I had to go out to Las Vegas, and I love that. I haven't done it in several years. The drive through the Mojave from uh, from LA to Vegas, which is a a little under three hundred miles, and just a couple clicks before the state line. I, I said to my wife, I said, what the hell is that? On the I guess the north side of the fifteen freeway was this huge uh open area uh that looked as if, you know, for I'd say a, you know, a square mile or two, as if it had been floored with Reynolds wrap. Okay. And then above this, spaced out probably a half mile apart, it's a were these line, isn't it? Yeah, were these yeah. enormous towers. Those things that are awesome. were awesome. That were emitting a light that was so fucking powerful. The light coming from these towers was actually, you could see the beams shooting out of it in full sun. I mean, find, find me a, find me a fucking Klieg light in Hollywood that can do that. You can't. Okay. Uh, I said, holy shit. What is that? You know, of course, then I, I, I did it. It's, and it's a, it's called the, uh, Arapaho, I think, uh, solar generating thing, you know, and I looked a little deeper. And of course, it's a complete fuck up and a bust okay the federal government along with the state of california sunk well over two billion dollars into this debacle okay and it's so environmentally sound every year it takes 525 million cubic feet of natural gas to fire the fucking thing up every morning okay and and you worried about the birds that chirp the silent spring the eggshells the rays from this thing Fries over six thousand birds every year. It's a de- it's a it's actually a death ray on the side of the freeway, and it doesn't do shit. It it, it generates negative power. Fuck you. Well, you know that is the government for you when they That's try to the help. government. Okay, so yeah, so if the world is destroyed, it's going to be assholes like that that do it.
2: Yeah, because. Well, then- We're we're gonna destroy the oceans by not having enough plastic. Uh, Wait, no, I'm sorry, wrong narrative.
1: Yeah, I don't know which narrative it should be going for, but uh, you want to know who the people that are pushing these things. You know who they're who they're backed by. So yes, the it's not even bad enough that Greta is backed by Soros money and Bill Gates and Bono and these people that again do as they say not as they do because i think every one of these assholes you know flying around in their own private planes but you know uh, i saw an article the other day on how many per people now are actually intentionally curbing flying not flying because of the impact on the environment which is hilarious to me because <laughs> you really think there's enough I, view that there are less planes flying whether you're on it or not the planes are flying
2: i you know i'm you know, i'm kind of in the group because uh i i Whenever possible, I will not get in a fucking plane, and it's because of the immense damage that commercial airline travel does to my dignity.
0: Yeah. Oh well, man, Andrew are you B's. right? Oh, are you right? You are so right, Ryan. They are. I, right. I, they're,
1: I, they're I, I don't quite.
2: I, I don't quite understand why it is that that humans suddenly become cattle uh to be stomped and ignored and and oh. insulted but i the it's but it's uh, for your safety
0: ryan it's it's again you know this always watch the catchphrases save the planet and that's all for your safety another one of my yes. favorites for your safety yes okay, as soon the as you entire, hear somebody say anybody ever say for your safety they're trying to fuck you over the always tsa
2: knows. and homeland security were created uh by in a backlash of fear yes. over a couple planes that got hijacked and it, they're not even the first planes that got hijacked it's just for the first time somebody had actually thought of right flying them into a building oh wow well, okay you know you know hi, hijacking a plane and flying it into a building or hijacking a plane and flying it into a field in pennsylvania or hijacking a plane and flying it to cuba and crashing it you know what if i'm on the plane i don't really care which one happens because i'm fucked anyway How is how is it's not logical to suddenly completely destroy the dignity of an entire country worth of people just for the purpose of you know okay bend over we're going to insert this scanner now.
0: Well, it's not just your dignity; they're also criminalizing everybody. Okay, that's yeah. that's what's at, at at the at the core of it, you know. And here's here's something. First of all, that's all bullshit. I have a a, a friend uh, who's an author and is very conversant in this. And the whole uh, the whole TSA thing is kabuki theater. Um, you know, they may they may uh, yeah. do. Have, have they know, ever both.
2: stopped a single hijacking or or terrorist? Well, ever?
0: they they claim they have of course um but 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 the the the, the it's not a deep dark secret but it's just a, a you know a, a, a piece of misdirection uh you know while they're doing full body cavity body searches on you and me uh, at the same time in the course of of a day there are Dozens, dozens of guys crawling all over that plane who get no security checks whatsoever and they're called fuelers, baggage handlers, the guys that deliver the robot shit foods sure. or the galley. Well they, Nobody, get, a, they get a cursory scanning background check. But hired. that's it. But but nobody's 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 checking them to see if they're packing fucking TNT nope. in the uh, in the in the in the overheads. Nobody. Okay. And at the same time, every month there are. I just checked, saw this figure somewhere, and I was kind of shocked at the is there's something in the range of was it a hundred to it's it, it's well into six figures of private. Uh, commercial private jet flights every month. None of that gets any zero. You can step onto a G five from a corporation, or if you've got the jing to say, "Hey, rent me that fucker for a couple of hours," they go, "Yes, sir," and they salute you and pop the champagne. Nobody's stopping those things from being driven into planes. Well, no, no, we can't. Bullshit.
2: No, no. These measures are for controlling the population and inconvenience the elites.
0: Exactly. Exactly. There
2: would be political fallout for that
0: yes yes there would
2: yes and and frankly if anybody is going to take down the next world trade center whatever building you know whatever massive terrorist event happens next time it's not going to be some lone wolf jackass who self-radicalized in his mom's basement because of the internet it's going to be uh, exactly the same thing that, that that at least that they say happened with Al Qaeda in nine eleven, which is somebody who is extremely well financed and connected gets, uh you know, uses a lot of money to influence things. From it, it does who who could do this? Well, you know, Jeff Bezos could probably finance the next big attack, but I don't think I George could. George
1: Soros. Oh, <laughs> no, you're on podcaster money, so you can't do it. But George Soros, we, again, we do not one receive of the people. grumpy
2: old Benz does not receive the kind of donations that would be necessary for me to finance the next 9-11. <laughs> so if and
1: you would like that to happen, feel to free that <laughs> right. Ryan needs enough to buy what a couple nukes in a, uh, probably a plane or two, maybe that would be good. But yeah, you want to know who's behind this stuff and which is one of the reasons why the Greta story, I think is so interesting and because we're living in the world now where social media exists and people are getting uh, silenced they're getting deleted they're getting blocked they're getting banned for things they did you know even decades ago which is just it's crazy to me the guy that raised all the money for whatever the beer raised um, raised a bunch of money for a charity and then some reporter found a racist thing he said on twitter like 10 years ago and then got him and all sorts of crap. And then somebody found something the reporter said that was racist and got the reporter fired. Um, it's kind of a never ending thing, but even Greta, when it comes to tweeting, it sometimes has to apologize, which I found this to be interesting. Cause this to me says, maybe this movement has some cracks. Maybe this, uh, this is a good sign for people that don't believe in this, this complete and utter bullshit because Greta accidentally posted a photo of herself. This is back in July of this year, wearing an Antifa t-shirt.
2: <laughs> Whoa. It's, is uh, it just me this, or or does anybody else find it completely hilarious and awesome whenever cancel culture backfires on one of these virtual oh, signaling yeah. dickheads?
1: It's great. Yes, it's great. It's what they deserve. You know, and getting rid of cancel culture is hard. Well, no, it's not. It's very easy. If you don't want to be canceled on your social media, go to noagendasocial.com or gab.com and go to one of those instead of Twitter, and you won't be silenced. You won't be banned. You won't be shadow banned. It's interesting that uh, Instagram and other Facebook, I think, are letting you now like do your own shadow banning like of people you don't want to see or if people that post on comment on your stuff. If they comment on some of your content, you could shadow ban them rather than waiting for the big bad Twitter or instagram to do it for wait, you wait. but greta had a picture go ahead larry
0: oh, i'm just just back up a second there when you say people can shadow, you mean let's let's say i don't like what you're saying right now you say I, and i want a shadow ban does that mean i'm shadow banning you only in, in reference to communicating toward me or everybody I'm no it's like, it's not a work? shadow
2: ban what it is is it's actual censorship it is giving you the right to prevent anyone else from seeing replies to your tweet Wow. Or right. T- or for t- seeing
1: their reply. So say, for instance, say I'm a troll and you yeah. post something and I keep trolling you, Larry, and you don't like what I'm saying to your posts. You right. could shadow ban me where, where when I go back. It'll look like my post is still there, but nobody else will see it. No. Shit. So they, they've now given out that that is on Instagram. And I think maybe Facebook, they're the same entity. So if it's on one, it'll be in the other you know, eventually d- anyway. So so what if happened
0: if everybody adopted the the uh, the idea that I came up with about a year ago which was called Flag Day okay to restore Restore free speech to all of these platforms, whereas everybody <laughs> who luck. thought like we do at one at, at at the same same hour of a given day just flagged every fucking thing on every social media platform as offensive. Okay, would that not blow up their servers or shut them down, whatever? Because then what happens? Then no. when everybody's no, flagging it, everybody, nothing gets through, right? I mean, no. Tell me.
2: Well, no, speak. no. They they would they would stop acting on flags altogether until they sorted out which ones came from right wing nut jobs and which ones were actually valid complaints against right wing nut jobs.
1: Well, they have gone after people. So if you, you know, let's just say if you went and you flagged everything Greta says as hate speech, well, once they saw you doing that, they would demand that you were hate uh, determine that you were hate speech, and instead of Greta being blocked you would be blocked for falsely claiming i mean that's where this would come so you're never going to get the narrative from being pushed there there's no doubt about that as long as the companies themselves have a narrative and they're on one side of the equation i don't think you're ever going to stop that unfortunately well, so- but uh,
0: there- well, somebody blissfully and i couldn't stop laughing you know hack jack dorsey a few weeks ago remember and uh <laughs> yes. i just i just i couldn't stop smiling and laughing about that and you know if, if somebody can do that once if anybody has that kind of technical expertise i'm sure they could do it again why don't they just get why don't they just drill down and fuck that thing up 24 7 why can't that be done and ryan I, I, I somehow something tells me you have the answer to this
2: i, I have answers for everything they may not be correct <laughs> answers and they may not be right. relevant but i always have an answer <laughs>
1: Hey, I still will go by the Jack Dorsey thing being the Sim Jacker thing, which I did an episode on random thoughts as well, which made it very easy, very, very easy, because all you needed to know, if he was on a phone that had one of those SIM cards, you just needed to know his phone number. That is literally would have been enough for you to be able to send texts from his phone. And a lot of people don't realize you don't need the Twitter app. You don't even need to open a browser when you're on a phone in order to send a tweet, if it was uh, connected to your phone, and I would bet you Jack Dorsey's was to his phone number, then with this SIM jacker, you could send out a text and a lot of people don't realize this, but Twitter started. And I believe even the original 140 characters or whatever it was with Twitter was because that was the text message limitation at the time. And it was set up. Twitter is set up. If you set it up with your phone and, You can actually make a tweet by sending an SMS message to the right number. So if you were able to do the SIM jacker thing, very easy to post things to Twitter. You didn't even need his Twitter username and password. Well, the username's obvious, but you didn't even need his Twitter password. If he had two-factor authentication on his Twitter account, this would bypass it because it's from his phone and going, well, this is Jack. So everything's cool. So I do believe that was part of that which just shows you how easy this stuff is and how easy this kind of stuff can crumble if the guy that's running Twitter can have his account compromised Uh, I don't think any of us have any help uh, any hope that we're not going to get hit but the interesting thing with the Greta and the Antifa shirt is this you would think she would love Antifa you think she would embrace Antifa but she posted a photo of herself in an Antifa shirt and This caused a little bit of an uproar, I guess, back in July. And here was her response. Yesterday, I posted a photo wearing a borrowed t-shirt that says I'm against fascism. That t-shirt can apparently to some be linked to a violent movement. I don't support any form of violence and to avoid misunderstandings. I've deleted the post. And of course I am against fascism. Now, The interesting thing about this borrowed shirt, and of course, you know, she just didn't know what Antifa was all about. She didn't know that there was some kind of violent movement. She just, this was just a borrowed t shirt. Well, the internet being the internet, people have found photos of her father, Svante Thunberg, and her mother, Malena Ernman, wearing the same damn t shirt. (laughs) Well, she, she (laughs) borrowed it from mom and dad, clearly.
2: (laughs) You you know, I, 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 i don't have I learned it from you ryan yeah I, I have that effect on people um i don't have a lot of ill will toward greta herself other than you know being completely no. duped and also she probably shouldn't yes. have gone up there because that you know she's going to face a lot of disdain later in her life and she probably deserves it but i mean if there are people that i will definitely recriminate and the the people who are genuinely evil in this entire Greta thing, that's her parents that yes, that takes some next level fucking manipulation to put your kid, not only to put your kid through the kind of indoctrination that makes her literally fear for her life every moment of the day from some Mm. boogeyman that nobody has any control over. But then when she's in this state of abject and and you know completely psychologically addled and probably you know and and, you know your kid with mental issues anyway probably on drugs or whatever it is they have to do to get her up there and and then to parade her in front of the entire world like you know look at what we did to our child we completely fucked up her mind and made it so she can never live a normal life that's
1: that's terrible well, it is it's child abuse and this this is from a website climatealarmism.news. and they actually with their articles have a lot of links to the original sources so this is one of these sites unlike a lot of them that just spew things without having links to them um, seems to at least be doing their homework and again you can figure out which sources you want to trust or whatnot but it says that Greta's mother is a popular Swedish opera singer. Longtime far-left activist. She's indoctrinated her daughter who was diagnosed with autism and other mental disorders. I don't know what the other mental disorders that Greta has been Left, diagnosed with from, from the youngest of ages with apocalyptic dogma about the environment. She even, and this is what I thought was one of the great ones, claims her daughter can see particles of carbon dioxide in the air. <laughs> I mean, um, this isn't this, her mother's book. Well, now, get this because i mean this the article i think is absolutely right by saying that this girl has been steeped in fantasy and delusion her entire life because it says that greta's initial school strike that started this whole movement it coincided with the publication of her mother's memoir scenes from the heart <laughs> her first protest was initially made public on the social media account the books public relations guy so greta was put out there to sell mommy's book and it has, it is snowballed. It says they've turned her into a money-making machine using the child to fleece environmentalists out of large donations. The publicist founded a climate focused PR firm. We don't have time and put Thunberg on the youth advisory board. The organization has raised nearly a million pounds before Thunberg was even thrust into the spotlight as a worldwide icon. Uh, it says the thernburg family also employs bizarre and quasi satanic symbolism typical of those who perpetua- uh, per-
2: yeah, yeah,
1: perpetuate uh, okay. behind the globalist authorian- authoritarian
2: yeah, yeah, okay, agenda enough enough with the hit piece the you know the things that she's actually done is probably enough without you know also bringing it oh and she had a But no it's important you know
1: why that's i mean why is the important why is she because we know this kid's being screwed and we know she's being thrown out there to push an agenda so the question becomes why because she certainly wasn't put out there because mommy and daddy went oh no the planet's dying
2: satan didn't drive this bitch to ruin her only child al gore did it's too easy to blame satan it's too (laughs) easy to just blame this faceless thing you know mythical or mystical person that you'll never see, you know, oh, uh, you know, everything evil I did was caused by Satan. No, it isn't. You did because you're greedy. You know, Larry, I was quibbling with you earlier when you were talking about you you said somebody was evil and and I was quibbling because in general, um I believe that there are evil acts, but there are just people and most people aren't evil, but I'm going to have to retract a little bit about that because this this Greta's mom bitch that's evil.
0: It would appear so. Yeah. Um, I mean, using you you know, your own child. Jeez. But, you know, she's she's not the first and she won't be the last. Absolutely um, not. You know, it's just it's just a horrible thing, but people do that. They pimp their kids and, um, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? It's,
2: it's for the greater good. We're saving the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. That, here are one of the other
1: articles sad. that says that Greta was also obsessive compulsive, which I can see, and has Asperger's syndrome. So um was yeah i don't know so, so. uh so this kid had some
0: level of fame prior to this this uh this speech that she that she gave that rocketed oh, her. oh yeah she's been of.
2: really big in europe since she was like nine
0: really and, and it's always with the same issue with the same um the whole uh climate change thing that's the that's been her rally cry from
2: um, from then i i mean you know the an inconvenient truth came out before she was born
0: true
1: yeah
2: the, the movement is not new anymore.
1: No it's and not. In, in well, the mother's know, guy, book that's where she says uh she can see carbon dioxide with the naked eye. She sees how it flows out of chimneys <laughs> and changes the atmosphere in a landfill. And of course they came that's out you know, the mother came out later. Right it said well no I was just speaking <laughs> metaphorically but uh yeah it says she was 8 years old when she first saw photos and images about the plastic in the oceans on television and at mm. school and heard about global warming being warming caused by human activity Greta suddenly stopped eating one day after another her mother writes wait what do you mean she suddenly stopped eating one day after another I could say she suddenly stopped eating, uh, eating uh, I'd appreciate day. if
2: she'd stop eating the days because I plan on living those <laughs> uh-huh.
1: yeah I mean this is this is just uh this
2: well, you, is you know, sad
0: that uh people are you know you God, mentioned Larry. Gore's book Gore's book and this kid everybody's got a book Gore's book mom's book I got some books but the book that really uh, opened my eyes to this, and it's it's probably, I bet you it's twenty years old now, was actually a novel by uh, Michael Crichton. Okay, and state you know, of fear. State of fear. And uh, that guy, I mean, the most overused word in Hollywood certainly is the word genius, but he certainly was. The guy was a f- physician. He was a brilliant uh, creative novelist. He, you know, screenplays it Jurassic Park, and Andromeda Strain, and he was a visionary. He saw the future. And in that book, if you really want to kind of get a handle on how this whole thing got developed, you know, kinetic energy and became what it is, that, that, that tells you. It will, and basically, the 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 essence of that book is, for, as far as scientists go, there's a fuck ton more money in alarmism and and fright and fear than there is in truth. Yeah, that's it.
2: And and you know the the idea behind the book, uh, you know, Crichton didn't set out to to make a big point, and he certainly didn't set out to become a a pariah in the entire. Community that that he started in he he set out to tell an interesting story using a plausible narrative f- using the issues of the day which was uh the the idea in the book and the, the the gist of it is uh an environmental group starts creating effectively false flag environmental events in order to build political capital and get people on their side and then they start uh crossing the line into effectively terrorism and start trying to cause environmental disasters in order to push their point. And that's not that wild as a fiction idea, but no. the thing is when he was writing that book, the more research he did, the more he realized that he wasn't the first person to come up with the idea. And in fact, there's lots of evidence out there that, he was just writing a book about it, but that people have actually done this. And there's, you know, there's, well, yeah. there's plenty of places in the book where you kind of feel like you're being preached to. I, I, I when I read it, I was like, okay, you know what, I, I, I understand this, but I, I might not have been the target audience for the preaching. But even if you take out the preaching, you look at this and go, you know, there's lots of evidence. This has already happened. Yeah. I well, I thought this was the- fiction. No, well,
1: this is real. This is again. This goes down to this Greta and these other angry climate kids that have filed the formal complaint with the United Nations about not enough being done with this climate change stuff. They only mention the West. Why do they not mention China and Asia and and, uh, and because Africa? Because they,
2: they're already signed on to the Paris Accords. Now that they don't have that, they can continue polluting. <laughs> no, they're not. They, well, no, they I mean, they are because the Paris Accord basically says they can continue doing anything that they want for 15 more years. Uh, you know, the 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 evil person, the one who's not on board with the, the globalist agenda, which is using the Paris Accord to sneak the global government in is so as a kid horrible though, with man. all
1: the p- p- China doing the worst polluting on the planet right now. Is the kid worried about this? Why doesn't she mention China?
2: Also, because she would not be given a podium in China. (laughs)
1: Well, see, now, isn't that that doesn't really change the fact she's not mentioning China. And somebody made this, you know, uh, this jump, and it is kind of a little bit of a jump. But the fact is, one, it's only the Western, primarily white countries that need to have a climate change doctrine. And number two, China's communist. That's what these fuckers want. So if we start going after China, that communism takes a hit. The socialism concept is going to take a hit because they, they want to be China. Don't they maybe they (laughs) the people pushing the climate change farce? Uh,
2: I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm not sure that it's the, I mean, some of them might believe in the new communism, but I think that the, uh, the driving political ideology behind this is not so much communism as it is a globalist authoritarian, um, they don't really care if we continue to go ahead and have whatever it is that looks like capitalism, as long as they're the ones sitting on top of it all making their edicts from above. Uh, I, I, this, one, this one doesn't feel like it's coming from the, the new socialists or the new communists. It feels like it's coming from the, the globalist elites. I think
0: you probably, though, do do need a, a socialist a communist uh, a form of government to facilitate that, you know, where it which is always, you know, with elitists at the top and drones marching to their tune. That's not so easy to accomplish in capitalist systems. Well, so it's, I, I, I kind of get Darren's easier. point
2: if you push everybody into despondent poverty so that yes. every single person is scraping for their next loaf of bread they're not going to have the energy or motivation to try to resist you politically so yes you absolutely if if you want to institute an authoritarian regime it's certainly a lot easier if you do it in a country that you've first inflicted abject poverty on the population and socialism is a really good way to do that
0: yes I mean, Al Gore, when he left office, is worth eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now he's worth north of three hundred thousand, uh, a three hundred three hundred million. Excuse me, three hundred million dollars is what that guy uh tips the scales at. How do he do that? I guess
2: climate change pays and pays. It, it, it does pay if you're the one pushing the agenda. It yeah. even let it even gives you enough money to run around in your private jets.
1: Private jets. Multiple well, I mean, he SUVs. was the guy who came up with the the. Oh well, you could buy carbon credits. So again, is this about saving the planet and stopping that, or is it about give me money and you can you can yes, do whatever yeah. you want?
2: Con- convince everybody to buy carbon credits because paying is a great way to virtue signal and assuage your your guilty conscience. And also, by the way, make sure you give that money to me. Thank you.
0: Well, it's the old Catholic yeah. uh, business model of indulgences, isn't it? You can it buy is. away your sins. I
2: course. never thought of that. It is. It is course. totally indulgences for the new climate religion. Yeah, of course,
1: nothing's new. Well, and this is a religion, isn't well, the, it? Well, the I mean, the, the, the good ideas yeah.
2: always come back.
0: Yes, they do. <laughs> Child exploitation, indulgences. Let's see what's next. there has got to, you know, it's got to be more. Just look back. It'll all, it'll all come around again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, <laughs> in the words of John C. Dvorak, it's a scam.
1: <laughs> it is a scam. And I mean, this. one of the things we thought we were going to base the show on and really never even got around to was there was an article that you had, Ryan, which was like, what, 19 of the climate change predictions that have happened over the last decades, which e- I didn't didn't happen. Well, yeah,
2: but but you know we we briefly got into the science behind it with the CO2 stuff and everything but to be honest that's not the interesting part of the climate change uh discussion as far as I'm concerned. You know, it, it I I am I have actually done my research. I have followed it. I am pretty sure that I'm more qualified to discuss the science than 97% of humans out there. However, that's not the interesting part of this whole debate because, uh, you know, well, first of all, if, if we decided to get into a climate change discussion, we would be deplatformed even faster than this show is going to be. Oh, you're denier. You know, it, it's, Anybody who hears rational discussion will immediately look at this and say, "Oh, you know, you're you're obviously, you know, a, a denier, and therefore I don't have to listen to anything." You you can't win people over these days with logical arguments. But the much more interesting side of the debate, at least from where wait, I that, sit, wait, is not. Let me
1: stop you there for one second. Then, if you can't stop them with the logic of the other side being completely and utterly wrong, that means. The only way to convince people that this is a farce Genocide. would be using the same type of things that they are using emotions. So, how do you do that?
2: I. I
0: That's a damn good question. Let's as a Vulcan, I
2: have no emotions, so I don't know. What you're
0: <laughs> do you have pointed ears, too? I've never I, seen you. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason for that. Ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: No, the. the mo- well, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. Up to your point. Darren that's a very good question okay and again the reason it's not happening is because the, the 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 opposition to this is extremely deficient in their in their verbal and propaganda skills you know even look at look at what's going on right here what they constantly do is they alter the nomenclature to fit their agenda okay so at first it was it, it, well back in the 70s it was global cooling we're in for another ice age right then it was the ozone layer then that went away then it was global warming and when that didn't work oh fuck let's look at the incredibly elastic climate change okay and we're and all that term's here got some legs
2: it, to it it's a good one
0: it's got some legs doesn't it? and and here we, and now now it's also turned a new corner you hear this quite often you hear climate catastrophe oh the eggs, crisis exit Egg, no not a crisis a, who, who the fucking i pull crisis out of my ass all day long we're talking <laughs> cat, <laughs> <that> looked at. <laughs> we're talking catastrophes baby that's the real fuck catastrophes existential threats in the words of anderson cooper about the last cur- hurricane existential threat okay they can't they keep they constantly keep amping up the verbiage okay and what do we do we we play with their bat and their ball. We use their terminology. That's why this fucking thing is 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 lost until people can re- st- stop start coming up with their own answers to this. Okay, instead of instead of accepting their terms, referring to it on the terms we choose, then you're going to see a difference, and not until.
2: The, I think the real problem here is that what you've got is activism versus the. Uh, for lack of a better word, conservatives, but I mean that in the the classic uh, favoring the status quo group, um, uh, the vast majority of people by default favor the status quo because things are going OK, but. The activists are the ones who actually are, you know, favoring the status quo is not something you particularly invest yourself in. You're like, you know, you're not you don't militantly go out and bomb buildings to keep the status quo in state. In,
1: it's, it's a but, passive stance. Uh, yeah, you do have your sure. bill airs. Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't. OK, I t- whatever rumors you've heard are false. But if if you are an activist, then you are actively uh, uh, actively invested in changing the status quo. Therefore, activism is always going to be far, far more shrill. And so the result is that uh, in in any case, conservatives are going to lag behind activists because they're passive. They they don't see any problem. And as long as they don't see a problem, they don't see any reason to act. The only time that, that somebody who thinks that the status quo is okay is going to Uh, actually take action is when activists go so far that they start actually moving the pendulum and then you start having the backlash and usually in most in in most times in the past the the activists don't get very far because the backlash has got so many more people that are like no this isn't a problem i'm okay with the situation stop rocking the boat and they push back really hard so Before you start really pushing the pendulum, before you start really trying to institute all those global policies that ruin economies left and right, first, you need 20 years of propaganda to make sure that anybody who might have been invested in the status quo understands where you're coming from and agrees with you before you ever start pushing on the the whole thing.
1: Well, one, you have over your 20 years. Two, I think we're at the point where the activists have convinced a majority of people that they're right, and it's a total farce, so... How do you fight that? That again is the main with, question that I keep coming up with. The, with with words. Okay, I hate the, I hate the phrase. With,
0: know, with I podcasts. Know, I know I know we're on the same side of the bullying fence, Darren, and I despise the right. phrase you use your words, okay, because sometimes they don't work. <laughs> Fist, fists are necessary. But but imagine, just imagine if if, if if from from this point forward, everybody who engaged in a in a debate with people about this 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 climate climate change, refused to use that term and said, "Well, let's talk about climate lies." I don't subscribe to your your version of climate lies, and uh, don't call me a climate denier. I'm a climate realist. Imagine if everybody just just drew that line in the sand, you know, hammered in the tent stakes, and said, "I'm not using your terminology." I think that would be a start. I really do.
1: It, well, it can't hurt. And I'm on. Board. Think, I think people have have to understand is, you know, one, that's the emotional stuff that they're putting out there because they're using kids. And the other part of the stuff that they're using as far as an argument, when again, we talked, said the word plastic straws and plastic bags quite a bit in this episode. And a lot of the arguments you hear about this stuff will even people that find it to be, you know, very questionable and it's an inconvenience. You hear a lot of people use the kind of Uh, I've been broken down wording of something like, well, you know, I don't really believe in this climate change, but you know, if this could help even a little, then I'm okay with it. You know, if I, if, if if I just have to have a little inconvenience for this, then I'm behind it. And and to me, that is a pretty big foothold. I mean, it may not sound like it, but I think that's a pretty big foothold in somebody's psyche when they're going to go, well, you know what? Well, maybe if the plastic bags are bad, I mean, when Barack Obama, was elected i remember him saying we have to get rid of these suvs people aren't gonna you know in 10 years people are aren't gonna want to be driving these big vehicles anymore there's more than ever on the road
2: i just have to bring up people like them to larry's earlier point um merely using the phrase do you believe in climate change is using their argument yes climate science if you are actually talking about the science, which I think we should be and not the alarmist religion, um, science does not require that you believe in it. If somebody asks me, do you believe in climate change? I will respond. You are asking the wrong question. Um, science does not want your belief. In fact, science is harmed by you believing in it because it becomes not science. It becomes religion. If, if you, if you, If you believe hard in something that's science, you're not objective about it and you're not doing science anymore. It's not, it's not the, you're, you're not generating new knowledge. You're generating new dogma. Yep. And, and that's Correct. what we have. The, the entire climate change movement is a huge pile of dogma where years and years of propaganda have convinced people to believe in this new religion with, with its prophets, Al Gore and Neil deGrasse Tyson at the top who will show you the one true path. If only you shut your brain off at the door and take whatever it is that you're spoon fed rather than trying to think about it. And it's bad enough that they're doing this to uh, the, the general public who has no particular interest in doing the science for themselves, but they have completely co-opted the scientific industries to the point where, uh you know, I, I had meant to bring this up earlier. Uh, if if you are a climate scientist who is actually practicing science in the area, you cannot come to any conclusion other than the one that the popular narrative is because they're not they're not giving a, a campaign of are of, your world is ending. The, the climate scientists know better. They're giving a campaign of if you publish the, anything that doesn't agree with the narrative, your career is ending because we'll drive you out.
1: And, and the people that are pushing that, it, that are culture, getting a lot of money,
2: that culture leads to bad science. I, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and give what, you know, uh, Sir Bemro's official position on climate change uh, is the climate changing. I don't know. W- where do you think it's changing by how much? I don't know. In fact, you don't know either because there's no good science. (laughs) There is no good science going on. Everything that you see that you claim is science is, if not sheer outright propaganda is bad science that is being influenced by threatening the scientists who are doing it or by people who have an agenda and therefore are not conducting correct science because they're going in with a preconceived notion of what they want. Therefore there has been not been enough good science on the topic to even know so is the climate changing i don't know but neither do you okay well let's move on let's even suppose that it is let's let's just humor the idea that that it might be then are human beings a cause again i don't know in fact i don't think we can know we can't the the humans we do not have enough data climate is billions of years old it has been going on for a very long time most people cannot conceive how long a billion years is and it's more than one of those so are humans doing it i don't know we've got what we got a hundred years of data total we got maybe 30 years of good data that hasn't been fudged by you know Mm -hmm. weird things like heat islands or or sticking your thermometer out in the sun
1: Well, and it's the man-made part that really you have to get into. And when you go look at some of these graphs of like what happened, let's just look at CO2 because that's what everybody's pointing to. And the fluctuations before people started driving cars and having factories was way greater. Like we've talked about the back in the areas millions of years ago, a lot more CO2. Uh, So saying something, it's the man-made part because saying something is, is the climate changing? Yes. I have no doubt the climate is changing that the world's climate's changing the I world have doubt. is a I living i
2: don't think we have organism. enough good science to determine you're
1: a living organism you're you you change from day to day every living organism changes from day to day as you age uh, yes. you change well that yes you know, there's and this the is,
2: cycles that you are correct there i'm sorry
1: you know and that's just the point that i'm kind of making which is so saying climate change is bad it's like well No, it's not. I mean, this is just a part, the circle of life we go back to again. So the planet, you expect the planet to never change. I mean, that that is crazy utopian pie in the sky. Like we can freeze time and have it be exactly the same this year as the previous year before. And why should that even be a goal?
2: You know, if you think a, a few degree, if, if you honestly think a few degrees of warming is going to completely destroy the planet, uh, think about this. The Earth is technically still in an ice age. We're, we, we've been in the process of coming out of the ice age for a few thousand years now, and it'll be a few more thousand years before we're not in an ice age anymore. The, the ice sheets of Greenland and Antarctica are, are what's left of that ice age. Um, there have been a lot of long periods in Earth, Earth's history where it has not been an ice age at all. And, if it's not in an ice age, that means that the planet was warmer. You think a couple degrees is a problem? Then how is it that the planet even existed through all that time we didn't have any ice sheets at all?
1: Kind of weird. Great. And, is, you know, but this is, again, you know, that doom and gloom that's being sold. I and mean, one of the things Greta in their little uh, UN speech, which was turned into a heavy metal song, which wasn't a good song, but it was kind of funny, talks about how. People are suffering because of man-made climate change, and when you go and look at the reality, kind of, I'm suffering like because violent. of
2: man-made climate change. They won't shut up about it.
1: <laughs> but when you actually look and see how many people have been given better, more comfortable lives because of things like air conditioning, for one, which is something we didn't have a hundred years ago, and medical science, things are actually going in a better direction. But again, the lie is allowed to fester out there and nobody will dare call Greta or these other people on it because it's a part of the narrative that the concept well, that lo- people lo- lots are worse of people, off.
2: Lots of people will call them on their lies. Those people just aren't getting any press and are getting shut no. down on social media.
0: And and lot, which is know, the problem. The lies are fueled by feelings, right? Lies are never fueled by facts because facts are truth. Okay. And if you really, You step back and look at this thing, you know, this like this debacle in the desert with this solar generating bullshit. Um, The answer to sustainable energy we've had for 60, 70 years, it's called nuclear power. And, you know, I think the United States Navy kind of knows something about that because they've been running nuke subs since the mid 50s. And cancer rates of those sailors are no different than the general population, and they've never had a fucking meltdown or accident ever, as opposed to the goons that were running Chernobyl, okay? Um, That's the answer. It's the ultimate sustainable power that's good for the environment, but nobody wants to face it. Why? Why? One thing derailed nuclear development in this nation. Chernobyl. The stupid, no, stupid goddamn movie called China Syndrome. Oh, with Michael yeah. Douglas and and Jane Fonda in the seventies, and suddenly you know all the, all the horseshit, the screenwriting bullshit that was shoveled, shoveled into that into that film was adopted as fact. And all the development of the new plants and so forth in the States just came to a grinding halt out of the fear that that generated.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that that fear continues to today where, uh, you know, the country of Germany, for example, is facing massive power crises after their virtue signaling leader decided that because they needed to do something about uh, the, the climate or environment, I'm not sure what their excuse was, they started shutting down all of their nuclear plants. And lo and behold, they can't generate enough power now. And they are importing Russian natu- natural gas for most of their power. And boy, I bet that natural gas is a lot better for the environment, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so insane. And you know the thing is if you're on the other side of this issue again, you know, they paint you with the uh uh with with the evil entities. You know, when I when I first uh, as a kid growing up in New York, there was a shitload of smog, and that smog was mostly caused by uh, cars that w- hadn't attained the emissions controls that they have now. When I first, I remember when I first visited LA, I, I was, I was drop jawed. There were parts literally where you could stand on one side of the street and barely see to the other. It was so thick. It was choking. It was disgusting. It was unhealthy. And you and can holy see shit. that,
2: but you can see that today by going to Beijing.
0: Exactly. Right. China, but, India. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, but talk about science. I mean, they they fixed that pretty goddamn well. It's pretty amazing how they tamed that lion in 30 or 40 years. You know, and I'm all in favor of that. I don't want to breathe gunky air. I don't want and you know plastic bags, hey, if you put dispose of them properly, fine. I don't want to see them blowing through the streets or in the fucking Pacific gyre. Nobody wants that shit. But on the other hand, let's be real about it. Let's let's stick to the facts, but the facts the fact now, now you
2: you stand on the street and anywhere on the left coast and you're just surrounded by smug
0: yeah <laughs> that is starbucks and, and fe- feces and needles oh don't forget yes. that yeah
2: yes it's it's the clouds of vape of of uh desiccated dust human poop that, yes. that now you have to deal with
1: yes. is that on your travel brochures to get people to come visit <laughs> no yes maybe um, come to California, come to Seattle, see people pooping in the street. You can be a part of this. That's right. Um, yes. I don't think I want to. Well, and I mean, really, the the other problem, I guess, before we wrap this thing up, would come down to the fact that parents, like everything else, it seems that we talk about in Grumpy Old Ben's, used to have something to say about what their kids thought and what their kids believed. And more and more, as we're evolving it seems that that is being left to the schools and to the government, and I think that's a really, really bad thing. I mean, I think way too many parents are just way too overwhelmed maybe with certain things, or you know, maybe they're just watching The Bachelor and they don't well, want to they, pay attention be, to their between- kids and –
2: between mainstream media and social media and all of the things being piped into your heads, I cannot blame anybody for being horribly overwhelmed. It's why you need to very, very carefully choose which social networks you want to be on. And by default, you know, somebody's like, Hey, come join Instagram, and be my friend. I'll be like, You know, I'm already your friend. I don't need another pipeline directly into my brain for that.
1: Mm. True. Well, which is again the interesting thing. One of the quotes that I pulled out for the random thoughts on heavy metal and climate change was Al Gore talking to Twisted Sister frontman Dee Snider when Dee Snider's like, "Well, if the parents really care, they'll listen to what their kids are listening to." And Al Gore's like, "Do you really think that parents can do that?" And he's like, "Well, he's I, like, I you really it, think that's that,
2: convenient,
1: that, right?" What was and, that?
2: That clip you found was absolutely fucking amazing. It was with with Al Gore saying. Well, we can't we can't expect parents to try to pay attention to what the lyrics are of the music they listen to. Like, what kind of parent are you? Of yeah. course we can.
0: Yeah, I th- I thought that was brilliant. I mean, here's here's Al, uh, you know, a seasoned politician, second or even maybe third generation. He goes back in that sleazy game, okay? And he sat there in his in his Senate here thinking, "I'm gonna I'm gonna manhandle this fucking long-haired rock and roll goon from Nassau County, Long Island." And D Snyder kicked a fresh hole in his ass.
1: It was a beautiful thing to behold. It really was. Yeah. Especially when he's like, you know what? I'm a new parent. He's like, but I've already realized that being a parent is not about convenience. Being a parent is not about easy. It's about vigilance and hard work.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's about reading the goddamn lyrics of a album before you buy it for your kids. What the fuck?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it was so much easier back then before the internet, because you actually had to go get this. I mean, this whole thing started because, um, Baker's daughter, the other woman that started the PMRC with Tipper Gore, had a copy of Darling Nikki. I don't know if it was a single or the whole Prince album or whatever it was. And they heard the lyrics to that and went absolutely nuts. And, you know, I'm thinking again, looking back, you had to go buy a cassette or steal or buy an album or steal or have a friend make a copy. Either way, you had to go out and originally you had to actually procure this from a store because they weren't playing it on the radio. And it was so much easier back then. For parents to know what their kids were consuming as far as media goes i really do think that phones and tablets and kids being able to consume media it, well, sitting right next to their parents in the same room and the parents having no idea what it is is a really big problem and maybe a, a topic of another show because I, I really do think this is part of the whole brainwashing problem and kids are able to just go on the internet i mean if I wanted to uh, procure a Playboy, you know, when I was 16 or 17, I had to go to the store and buy one. And I looked old enough so I could buy him at that age. If sure. anything younger, you couldn't. But now kids of any age, once you're given one of these devices, we all know what's on the internet. And I mean, Al Gore was really scared about what was in heavy metal music in the 80s. I don't understand how he's not crapping himself now about what kids have access to on the internet, but no. I don't hear him talking Be- because about that. He's
2: a lot wealthier now and he has he's an elite and therefore has nothing to worry about.
1: That's right. It's a lot easier now. You know, when
0: we were so, kids, yeah. the, de, the de facto babysitter was the TV, okay? But still, you had, uh, you know, multi-billion dollar networks who were pretty uh, pretty vigilant about making sure nothing that appeared on that television was too over the top or they'd lose sponsors. Well, right? and, the, and
2: remember, we had the, the nanny state, the FCC, and their, you know, the list of yeah. seven words seven
0: words now the the, the new it the new uh, uh de facto uh, babysitter is a goddamn ipad which you know they get it go wherever they want i don't give a shit how many parental controls you think you're putting on it they're going to circumvent those and they're going to see anything and it's really sad it's really sad
2: and and now you you have you have mark zuckerberg and and jeff bezos and sergey page who are uh or sergey brain are who are now the ones who are enforcing what what you can and can't listen to yes i mean so so everything's much better now that it's private corporations and not the government
1: <laughs> yeah. yes nothing same, to worry same about ship, here day
2: meet meet it the is. new boss same as the old boss
1: that's right hey the who it's the, the who, baby hey we we won't get fooled again you know that's great to say but i'm worried that this mm. generation is being fooled and I don't know. I don't know how to pull it. I don't know how to pull the kids out of it who have been brainwashed into believing this. And I really do feel like Greta has had a horrible childhood because of her parents. And she's 16 now. I just want to know what happens when she hits you know, 20. I mean, I don't know. Again, she's got different issues going on. Oh, don't worry. Mentally. The world will end
2: before then. She won't That's have to right. worry.
1: About <laughs> she that. says so. But I want to know what's going to happen if Greta hits 20, 25, 30 and looks around and goes, let me look up a few things here with all these things I saw, I, they told me to say i saw a none great of this has headline. happened
2: i saw a great headline in the babylon b said uh un warns only four more years before it will be requ- required to update the timeline on climate change again
1: i saw that yeah <laughs> that's good and stuff. it's true it is true and i these kids if, if you think they're in bad shape now imagine how depressed somebody like Greta is going to be in a decade. If she realizes her whole life, she fought for something that was just made up. So asshats like Al Gore and the like of George Soros could make money and take political power. When you realize that you want to talk about the suicides rate jumping, there's going to be a lot of people dead because these assholes brainwash these kids and set them out there to try to change the he- planet. But
2: do you think that the there there has actually been a, um, in the last five eight years a, a significant rise in uh, basically in millennial suicides? Do you think that some of this might be because they're getting out into the world and suddenly realizing they're not getting trophies for participation anymore? Could could there be a real problem with the fact that we and, and I say we I you know I don't count myself in this but uh, because of course I'm perfect but. Um, we just raised an entire generation of people without preparing them for how to deal with the world. There's no way that could have any kind of backlash, do you think? No. No.
1: No, not at all. That's, we talked about the last time Larry was on, right? The woman that couldn't spell hamster correctly and her boss told her it was spelled wrong and she went into a meltdown. I mean, this is what we've what we've created with the everybody gets a trophy. We're all alike. Nobody is special. And now you're telling them to push an agenda of climate change, which just isn't real. Once they realize that's not real. And the other thing comes down to, I mean, again, let's just go back for one second. Al Gore thought heavy metal music was bad in the eighties because kids were going to be so depressed. They were going to kill themselves. What do you think's going to happen when AOC people in the government are saying, if we don't act now, nobody's we're going to die in 12 years. What do you think that does to the psyche of a kid? I really feel bad for this generation.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're getting screwed up. There's no doubt about it. Fortunately, before the worst of it hits, we'll probably have died at the ripe old age of 80 or 90, you know, and then leave, leave whatever mess is left to the people to deal with. You know, it, it won't be 2030 that the world will end and be screwed up by our mistakes. But, yeah, I'm, you thinking know the Things final change. words. The things final change words people adapt humans humans deal we're we're as humans we're really good at adapting
1: that's true well i'm guessing yeah. in, in that 80 or 90 years old you the know final words for ryan darren and larry are all going to be i told you so
2: fuckers i'm not i'm not waiting i'll say it right <laughs> now i told that you that you now so, i fuckers. get it.
0: <laughs> i just yeah. want to hear somebody say larry fucking larry that's, uh,
1: that's fucking all uh fucking larry it is a meme in it the, is. in the no agenda troll room when it's, the show comes on or you'll say something. And I think th- like I said the one day Kim and I, my wife, where we, we were in the car and it was a Tuesday and she's like, why aren't we listening to Larry? And I'm like, well, it hasn't dropped yet. And that was just Larry fucking Larry. And then went on <laughs> like, that was just a normal thing to say. And, uh, it, it, right. That's just, it's when- a great show. I mean, I, the, the, your show about the going out in the desert and, you know, somebody either, making meth in the uh in the ad- abandoned motel and the photos of just the strange stuff that exists out in the desert uh it, there's you really if you don't think there's bizarre stuff going on in this country you have to go into the desert oh, i guess to find it that's oh yeah that's where it's happening for I, sure
2: y- i don't even have to leave the city
0: <laughs> well yeah you don't you're right you're, you don't
2: so when i was young when we when we went out you know growing up on on the left coast as i did um there there were always two hot button issues that you know I don't think this was just my family, but there was always two things that you just did not talk about. You did not talk about religion and you did not talk about politics. Because that that's that's bad. That that will cause arguments. That'll cause people to get really pissy. And you know it's it's talking through your swollen amygdala. It's it's being emotionally invested in something that should be a rational discussion, but isn't in this country. Um, and and I once had somebody ask me, you know, well, I, I, I discovered for myself and then I came to the conclusion. Um, politics is always something that has set me off and I don't know if you've ever noticed, but I do have a tendency to rant a little bit, um, about politics mostly, but religion, even as a child was never something that really hit me that hard. I, 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 I can talk about religion, but it was, it was not a huge part of my life. And more importantly, uh, um, I'm just not that emotionally invested in it. I have trouble ranting about religion. It's, it's difficult. And I realized why some years ago. And that is, uh, in, in the secular society that I grew up in, uh, and and i think uh you know on in the democrat strongholds the liberal strongholds that religion never really had a lot of control over daily life and it didn't have a lot of control over politics in particular um politics when somebody gets something wrong it can directly affect me it can result in my taxes getting higher my rights being taken away etc that gets me steamed up um religion never really had that much sway over me. And maybe it's because the, the formal religions just didn't have that much control where I grew up. If climate change were just uh, an academic discussion where we could have rational thought, we, we have time. It would be a, a really cool topic to discuss. The only point where it turns into a rant for me is when people start proposing bad politics, a bad policy. And, and they, you know, what do they want to do to change it? And I'm I'm not the kind of person that gets really worked up until I see something bad happening and it can affect me. And you know what? Bad climate policy is going to be far worse than anything that the climate can do to us.
1: Oh, there's no doubt about it. And the reality of the situation, we were talking a little bit before we started hitting the record button, then never got around to it in this show. And let's, let's bring this up here. Since we're going to no agenda length anyway on this episode, and uh, we're apologizing to everybody for taking up all of this time on the no agenda stream. But Larry, I'm not you not apologizing.
2: Had, this is the best thing they've listened to all week.
1: <laughs> that is true. That is true. And uh, Larry, we were talking a little bit about the fact that you had a book deal- uh, that yes. was, we've, Ryan and I have both perused the book and it's a, a comedy book and it's making fun of this whole green thing, but. And, and it has this, the this most awesome t- picture
2: of Al Gore in there. I don't know how you got that photo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I think Glad we need like. to hear the story <laughs> to understand oh, just sure. how crazy this is. Well, it was, it was, a, it was a book that uh, I had
0: a deal with with a major publisher, you know, they, they handle some, some pretty big time authors, you'd know, I'm not going to mention the names because I'm not going to give many plugs. And, um, it was, the original title was recycle this. And I spent a, you know, better part of a year putting that thing together. And I went into it, doing it, not really with, with a whole lot of preconceived notions about, uh, the entire arena other than I wanted to try to write something funny, entertaining and make a few bucks. And so, um, as the deeper I got into it, the more I realized this this Gore guy, everything it was a it was a true rabbit hole. Because every time I I you know, dig into something that that uh, Al and his Goracles, as I called them, or the Al Apostles were up to, it always it always had a price tag attached to it. There was always a website where you could buy carbon credits, or it always was led to a, a siphon to your wallet. You know, I thought, gee, this isn't very uh, noble. This looks like somebody wants to make some dough. Uh, And so, as I wrote the thing, I became more and more critical of him and his book, which should have been called an inconvenient hypothesis, not an inconvenient truth, right? Um,
2: Inconvenient propaganda.
0: Better still. So anyway, uh, long story short, I, it gets down. There's always a, a point when, when you, when you do books where there's kind of, it's a, it's almost like a drug deal, you know, the handoff, like from Scarface, you got the, yeah, yo, yeah. Where you got the, yeah, yo, I got it close by. You got the money. Yeah, I got the money. Where's the money? Oh, it's close by. So, so there's this point where here's the manuscript. Give me the dough, you know, or at least half of the advance, whatever it is. And so the, the contract, uh, I guess kind of you do like a pre agreement, whatever it is, and then then I look at this contract with this publisher and and I'd written half a dozen books before this and every one of them had a clause in them uh, which is standard pretty much in almost any publishing contract. It's called the uh, uh, E&O codicil, whatever the hell the legal word is. E&O standing for Errors and Omissions. And basically what that means is we're a big fat publisher. Uh, We're worth many millions or hundreds of millions of dollars. You're just a a, a writer. So we're going to uh, include you in on our liability policies if if our if our attorneys fail to to uh to, to identify anything slander is libelous, whatever uh if somebody comes after you legally uh you're covered we we, we got you covered we got your back right and it's it's mm-hmm. pretty much just so I go to look at they, this. They don't have your
2: back. They have their own, just to be clear. Of course they
0: do. Of course they do. But but it gives you some some measure of solace, okay, when you're doing something that's not a complete work of fiction or whatever like this. And this was very critical of, of Al, but in a humorous sense. And so I look at this fucking contract and I call my agent and I said, Hey, where the fuck's this thing? And he goes, oh, I don't know. You know. typically agents are worthless, worthless, worthless assholes. <laughs> Okay. And so I said, "Well, hey, wait a minute, man. Every other you know every other contract I've done has had this. You know, we'll find out what the fuck is going on here." So he 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 makes a couple of calls whatever and I get this response from him that uh no, they they uh they don't uh, they're not going to do this for this book because they're a little bit uh, off put by the litigious nature of some of these people, but uh we will we will put we will put you on our our you know thing, but uh, you have to cover the deductible. I said, what's the deductible? Yeah. What's, what's the deductible, right? Quarter million dollars. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Fuck you. Fuck you, publisher. Okay. So that I said that we're done, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not doing this. It was absurd. I mean, nobody had ever done this before. It was a complete anomaly as, as far as I know, and other authors I know in the publishing business. So that's that, then I realized how fucked up this entire arena is how people are so vicious it's just it's just it's a it's a real hot button issue and so that's that's what became of it
1: you know that's what happened have which is ever, interesting because it was a comedic look it wasn't like you were publishing yeah, I, I, a scholarly parody. journal it's fair use <laughs> of course of course
0: it's fair use of course it's fair use
2: um have have you ever considered uh publishing it without uh going through one of the major publishers i mean you said you said you wanted to uh, entertain and inform and make a little money. And, uh, you know, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know, for me, I who who is that rap- rapper that said, uh, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. I forget who that was. But uh, I'm, I'm definitely down with his, uh, his, uh, his, his axiom there. I like uh, you. You're so- a
2: capitalist at heart.
0: I am, I am. So if, you know, if there's, if there's a buck in it, you know, I'm probably not going to bother. And it turned out there wasn't at that point. And now, now really, I think, I think as, as much as we've enjoyed lumping up Al, uh, over the past couple of hours, I think he's, he's become, uh, a pretty much a, uh, an acronym. Yeah, thank you. He's 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 old hat. Nobody gives a shit about him anymore. Yeah. And others have taken the uh, taken the reins of this. I, I mean, movement.
2: there's there's a very long line of people waiting to step in and become the the face of climate alarmism.
0: Yes, yes, but if but you have want to, be to read the sixteen books, and the re- a girl. If, if people do want to read the book, it's a, if you become a $5 a month Patreon uh, at thatlarryshow.com, you can download a PDF of it, which actually is audio files. Did you guys, did the, the audio files working on that? I think they did. Um, Johnny Glow Skull was the narrator, a little skull man whose logo was the uh, nuclear fallout symbol uh, for the entire I, thing. <laughs> and, uh, I, so I if didn't you notice wanted, the audio. I'll have it. to check that. Yeah, yeah check. There should it, be uh, those. Yeah, there should be those little ear symbols, you know, uh on on every, every so often in some of those uh, in some of those uh, entries, catalog items, and if you click them, you'll hear Johnny give his commentary on it and that was kind of my favorite
1: Nice. Part I just transferred it over to my Evil iPad and looked at it there. So I'll, I'll look at it on the on the PC well, see if those are there because I'm sure it's an we,
2: entertaining. I can tell we've definitely gone over time because uh Void Zero is coming in and he's about to Uh-oh. bump us off the stream uh-oh well he
1: can fight and he can try but he can never take down <laughs> grumpy old that but definitely go to that larryshow.com and get it to the get it to the patreon there's you have like way too many episodes we're just trying to catch up i do and uh, we're gonna have a lot a of good time content. catching
2: up doing only one a week
1: a lot of good <laughs> stories although we make up for it with really long episodes i mean yes really if you if you go time for time we can catch up in like three days we just never stop talking
2: <laughs> we do but we never do stop talking
1: uh with that said we do have an executive producer sir db he is hey. a chicago guy start talking to him in the troll room he wants to get me into the ham radio thing uh, sir bemrose tells me it's bad to get a license but we'll see it's cheap to get into ham radios oh, I didn't now say, i
2: didn't say it was bad i said just, it was hypocritical
0: darren just oh. buy the radio and buy the radio and fuck the license what are you kidding come on <laughs>
2: That would be I, the Grumpy I just, old Ben's way. <laughs> I just said that it was ironic for people who want to use the free and open airwaves to first get down on their hands and knees and petition the government yeah. for a license to do it.
1: Agreed. Yes. So thank you, Sir DB. And we also have two. I guess this is when they come in now because we have two people on a subscription plan, and that would be J. Noah Davis and Sir John Fletcher. So thank you more than we can really say for your donations, for your support of the show, for listening, for propagating the formula and spreading the word of grumpy old Bands. every month. We're doing more and more bandwidth and may just because we're doing longer and longer shows. So that could be the evil plan, but people are digging it. And it's because we hit on the topics as Ryan likes to talk about with the evergreens that you can come back to months from now years from now and hopefully they will still be uh, relevant and we also like to do some current event stuff now bringing people like larry in like progo and having conversations about stuff to try to break down and figure out all of this insanity that is been going on in the world is there anything that we need to know more about that larry show anything good coming up that people should be checking out well,
0: like I said, I got a uh, a bonus episode that's in the works now called Civil War 2.0, uh, and uh, just, you know, every 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 uh, Tuesday or thereabouts, there's a fresh episode, and every other Sunday, there's Sinners Sunday, when we look at things of a spiritual nature, but in a very different, through a very different prism, I might add. And that's about I, it. Thank you. I, I,
2: I, would, I was never interested, even remotely, in a podcast about religion until I discovered Sinner Sunday.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. So Appreciate forget that. Kanye, Larry. You need to start your own thing. <laughs> That's
2: what I want. I'd love to ride his
1: coattails, man. Kanye.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're all yeah. coming to Larry's for a little talk, for a little uh, barbecue, maybe bourbon, other adult beverages. Yeah, just kicking back and learning it's something. Only, it's the only
0: chapel in the world with uh, with hot barbecue outside and cold beer and liquor inside, and no rules, no robes, no regulations, and no rituals so what's not to like
2: hot, hot barbecue and beer sounds like a ritual i could get my teeth into
1: <laughs> it sounds like something you do every weekend it is yeah i'd love to my wife won't let me well it's because that red meat is bad for you that's and bad it. for the planet <laughs> that's it that's it yeah well Holy thank big. you again larry especially for hanging in on this the longest ever episode oh boy of grumpy what a event. fun time.
0: Thank you, Darren and Ryan, for having me. It's always a pleasure and an honor to hang with you, dudes. Thank, Thank you. you.
1: This this has been fun. Yeah, we we like the the opinions that you bring, and like Ryan, uh, you're not afraid to share them. Ryan's coming <laughs> out of his shell just a little bit. Maybe by the next <laughs> oh few God, shows, he'll he'll really start yeah. opening up. And yeah. uh, well, that is the one, the biggest compliment I got on the heavy metal climate change episode of Random Thoughts was. Ryan told me that I was at like four fifth Bemrose on the scale. So (laughs) I'm trying to get there.
2: We have not yet reached peak Bemrose, but we we're still working our way there.
1: Yeah, I can get there one day. So until next time, thanks again, Larry. And I have been Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we've got guns, barbecue, and we don't really care what the climate is.
2: And from America's left coast, where humans are the leading cause of anthropogenic climate alarmism, I'm Ryan Pembrose.